you know, he goes into a club and they're playing Dream Factory and Sonny T's having the shits about it. It's like, he's playing Dream Factory. That was unreleased at the time. What are you doing? And then what does he do? He takes off the Dream Factory to put on new Power Soul. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Aren't you tired of this record spinning bullshit? No, not with the Dream Factory. That's a good song. <laughs> That was unreleased back then. <laughs> unreleased 86 track, and Sonny T walks in and boots it off the record player. Oh, what's he doing? What's going on? Welcome to the Peach and Black Podcast. Your central place to hear unofficial news, reviews, trivia, and intelligent discussion on all things happening in the Prince world. Featuring the hosts, MC. You know, it's got all those classic Prince elements. Captain. Why wouldn't you just record as much as you could? Player. It's just like a story chest of ideas. Toe Jam. Either version. I love both versions. Other special guests. Hi, this is Larry Grant, and you're listening to the Peach and Black Podcast. Hi, this is Ricky Peterson, and you're listening to the Peach and Black Podcast. Hey everybody, this is St. Paul Peterson, and you're listening to the Peach and Black Podcast. Hi, this is MC, and I've never heard Exodus. <laughs> hello, 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 and welcome back to the Peach and Black podcast. It is 2015. We are about to go deep into Exodus, the second NPG album released in March 1995. And joining me, as always, on the show is the Peach and Black panel player. Yes, Mother Yucca, yes. Toe Jam. What's that funky smell? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to that, Toe Jam. And Captain. Yo, man, you let me have $50, man. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of the bucket fiasco. And of course, it's me, MC, and the place to be. Welcome back, everyone. It's been a little while since we've done one of these good old-fashioned album reviews. So it's been 20 years since this album has been released and uh, hopefully they've made it all out by uh, by now. Um, what do I say about this? Jeez. The, well, okay, the truth of the matter is normally I would talk about, you know, has anyone got anything to say about what they were doing when they first heard this and what was happening in in uh, in music in the musical industry in the music industry uh, around this time what was happening in the prince world but really I I think I should open up with a rare confess of, yeah, confess a rare bit of honesty shed your here. sins and confess <laughs> MC yeah is this the first time you've actually listened to this album like am I you guys aren't going to scorn me if I admit. No, true. I just, yeah. Like, I'm, that's cool, because I'm curious to hear what your reaction is. At least half of the music that I listen to, I've never heard before in my life. Really? Oh my God. <laughs> like, you are not ready to review this. You need, <laughs> All right, I guess you, you need fresh. 20 years. First impressions. <laughs> Exodus first impression. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yes, I admit it. I never actually heard this album in full. It's unbelievable. It is. It's, <laughs> it's, it, it's been out there for 20 years, and you just hear it 20 years later. I, just, I cannot believe that. So, yeah, you know, you're right, Captain. It has been I'll out for 20 years. I'll just say that. But I, but I haven't heard this, and... Uh, I don't understand well, how you... 
physically could not listen to the album that came out between Come and the Gold Experience. How could you not want to hear that album? I oh, don't understand. I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I guess I've got no excuse. I if for if it's a saving grace by any measure, I uh, listened to and heard all of the singles, uh, not when they came out, but a few years later. So you know stuff like uh, Get Wild and um, Count the Days. I think I even heard a single CD version of The Good Life many many years ago, but that That's hardly good. accounts for this whole album. So for this well, whole album, the interesting thing about this album though is yes, there's 21 tracks, but there's only nine songs. So you've heard <laughs> a third of the album. So it's not too bad. <laughs> it's not, uh, well, it's still pretty bad, but. <laughs> but to make it really plain and clear for everyone listening, I have now heard obviously the entire. You played it nonstop for the last few days. I have. It, it finally arrived. It finally arrived from one eight hundred New Funk. <laughs> you can get you, you'll get your Lotus Flower T-shirt in about you know, 15, 15 years. I think. <laughs> oh gosh. It yeah, it's <laughs> that's the real reason why I haven't heard it. I got the I got the, the last officially pressed copy of Exodus. Uh, look, it is what it is. Let's get into the music though. Uh, before we do our, our normal track by track, I'm really keen. This puts a different sort of spin on it from the usual album reviews that we do, where we all talk about you know having heard the album, not having heard the majority of this album until a few days ago. I'm really keen on getting your thoughts, uh, player captain and uh, Toe Jam, on when you guys first heard this. You know what you first thought of it. You know overall, overall the impressions. Day- was released in this country, it was <laughs> blasting into my eardrums. Wow. Unlike you, who just waited 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Captain, you know what they say, sometimes the, the wait is worth it. <laughs> I think I got oh. this, I was a bit late on this, I might have got this like 2002 or 2003. I remember finding it in a HMV and I found that and the three singles and they must have just had them at the back somewhere and found them. They just, they paid them in a bundle for like 15 bucks or something. Wow. And I'm like, oh, I sort of recognize the picture. I'm sure I'm seeing that on like a Prince discography list somewhere and I'm thinking, oh, I've got to just grab that. I had no idea what to expect. So that's, yeah, I was a bit late on it, but not 20 years. Come on. Oh. No. <laughs> I feel like that really awkward guy, like that 40 year old virgin or something. I just, it's a very strange <laughs> sensation at the moment. Wait till, <laughs> wait till the show yeah, just to, And just to quash all those rumors ladies and gentlemen listening <laughs> you know that ain't true player well, what about you when did you first hear this um i first heard it when it came out it was interesting because you know the gold experience the release that it was in limbo and no one knew what was going on with it and then this comes out and it was a good way to sort of tie over until gold experience did come out it was only <clears> sort of released in europe and australia so australia was lucky enough to get a independent release through shock records yeah, it was great. And also, too, like one of the tracks actually charted. It was doing really well here, but we'll get into that. Well, I had the, I sold it, but I had a promo disc of this album. And it, on, from memory, on it CD looks, or vinyl? On CD. And I'm just trying to think from memory, it had, I think it was one of, it was one of the pictures off the artwork. I can't remember now. But I found that in like Red Eye Records for like 10 bucks. Wow. Like about you a month some- after the album came out. <laughs> you found something in Red Eye Records that was less than 10 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the olden days. This is 20 years ago. Right. It was probably 10.98, but close enough. I think that's where I bought my copy of Exodus when it was under the American Express building. Yeah. Yeah, and that, like the artwork is really cool because it's like you know it's like a you know they're going for like a funk album because the artwork's kind of like P funk 
or Funkadelic related, like the little yeah. cartoon drawings and stuff. So you know that's the kind of sort of sound that they were going for here. So it's, it's really and Prince's face is redded out. He's Torah Torah. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. Like there was because he was still with Warner Brothers, it was you know it was the contractual obligation. Yeah. His voice couldn't be on it, so he he altered it. And Sunny T did all the lead vocals, and so we'll he is in that. there, but that's <laughs> all disguised. And yeah, it's just an interesting time, interesting period. And uh, the other interesting thing was was you know there was the promotion that was done. There was a lot of Australian interviews, especially with the MPG members. But anything that involved print, it was it was all done as Tora Tora, which is <laughs> really interesting. There's a bunch to say about this album. There's a lot of curious. There's a lot of curious uh, things to say about it, and and some interesting things happening in in his career at the time. Why don't we go into the songs themselves? There's a lot to talk about. Uh, we will mention the segues as well. In addition to that, there's nine full length album tracks. So let's start it off, guys. Oh well, and there's nine tracks, but then one of them's only instrumentals. So there's really only eight songs. Well, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's start things off right from the top with. Track number one is the intro to this album, which is a 33-second intro by the MPG. It's entitled NPG Operator Intro. Well, first and foremost, you have to get free. Free? You know. When it comes time to download your work into your fans' computers, you can't have any other contractual obligations. Oh. Nothing interesting there. <laughs> but, but, I, but I do like the xylophone that's playing this stuff all the way through. I think it's a xylophone. It's just playing this... Stupid stuff. It's funny. <laughs> I, I think the, the the effect on his vocals is really cool too. Actually, oh, the like sort of phone, fuzzy, uh, digitized. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the whole undercurrent of this album is basically fuck Warner Brothers, and we've got to get away from them because they're killing us. <laughs> it starts even on that in this in this first track. It's just funny. Actually, it's interesting because he's talking about you know when it comes time to download things into your into your computer. I'm thinking, well, he said the wrong word. It should be upload. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> they weren't that tech savvy back in 1995. <laughs> what what I've got in written in my notes? Interesting concept in a pre-internet world shows how much of an innovator he was at the time. Very debatable if he's considered so cutting edge today. That's what I wrote. That sums it up. Wow. Yeah, interesting. We always spend too much time on the first track. Let's move on. <laughs> this, is, this isn't even a song. It's a bloody intro, for God's sake. <laughs> for 33 <Okay>. seconds. <laughs> let's, let's just now, I think we should do this, put one of those disclaimer, because there's going to be some swearing in this album review. If, you're so, if your ears are so sensitive that you can't hear a, a few words like that, you better just not listen. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll, be, I'll be quoting a, a fair few words. Just, just <laughs> <laughs> In I context, think that's a, of course. I think that's a fair comment to make, Captain, because normally when we review Prince's music, uh, there's the occasional ex- expletive or expletive, however you want to pronounce it. But really, it's almost a theme without the the segues in this album. <laughs> so yeah, I agree. This I think is, we this go. This is the most profanity laced album of any of his albums. It's got to be. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if anyone's counted how many times this album includes. There's a lot. The, the, the Whatever MF it is, word. I. I bet you it's a multiple of seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what? In, probably in his defense, he'll say it's an MPG album. It's not a printer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's, that's enough for track one. Okay, so we must yeah. be able to review <laughs> Get Wild. <laughs> <laughs> the first actual song on this album is, of course, track number two, which is Get Wild. Wild and 
which was a single released and they were playing this a lot at the time both in concert but also predominantly in live appearances and Prince would show up uh, rocking the the white one-eyed He's, bass mm, Warwick one-eyed bass yeah with the Toro Toro headscarf uh, his in red bee- his beekeeper's outfit <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is a funky-ass track, and, uh, I mean, that's pretty much my review. This is just super funky all around. I'll add a few more comments before I hand it to you guys, but what can you say? I I mean, I've kind of slept on this. Obviously, I slept on this album, but I slept on this song in particular. I don't know why. I've got no answer. I just never really listened to it much, not because I didn't enjoy it, just because he's got so much material and I was busy listening to other, you know, other work of his. But look, it's super funky. He's got some really nice swaying horns, uh, snappy drums and and a really cool chorus. And it just gets your head bobbing. So I love it. I'm going to add this to some sort of funky playlist in the future. That's for sure. Uh, Player. Okay, this to me is the definitive version of this track. It was released previously in late 94 on the Ready to Wear soundtrack through Sony Records. But that version was different. It was more of a slower groove, more stripped back. On here, the tempo is more in overdrive, more bells and whistles, more party-like. And it's basically a staple Prince funk anthem. Really cool lyrics about really putting your week aside and your troubles aside and having fun. Hence, get wild. Musically, there's so much going on to really hone in on the highlights, but it's a real headphone listen. Grab your headphones because this is really good, this track that does that. The loop that plays under the second half of the rap is really funky and um, it's really creative to take such a non-specific or non-rhythmic sound and make a loop out of it. I also like the single and the remixes, the Shake Your Money Maker. It's a really great way to kick off the album and timeless funk stable. It's classic. All right, all right. Captain, over to you. It's a forgotten classic. That's the sad thing. Yeah, I I forgot about it. (laughs) For 20 years. (laughs) I'm going to say that a lot. Anyway, this was the first single released off the album. Blew my head off the first time I heard it and just about every time since. This is one of the great tracks on this album. Absolute Prince funk classic. Apart from the fact that he's sort of stuck in the rock rut for the last few years when he gets back to the funk, hopefully sooner than later, I see no reason on earth not to bring this back into the set list. It'd just be so good. Uh, Like a few other tracks on this album, the vocals, they're really a duet with Prince and Sunny T, with Sunny T just mixed louder, but Prince is always there in the background. Yeah, I was about to say that he's... Like, Prince is there, and it's like he's the main vocal, but Sonny's is just a little bit more higher in the mix. Yeah. And that's, but like, all not, the way through this album. But it's not always... They're not singing the same thing. Like, if you can really listen to it, they're singing slightly different melodies, and the same on Count the Days. Prince is singing a totally different thing, but if you listen to it, you can hear it. This is the first song on this album, and it just sounds so live, like other albums around this period, like going back to, back to Symbol album. It just has this live sound it just it kills you it's got great drumming by michael b i like the organ that mirrors the lead vocal from the second verse onwards that's really good you got great yeah, work by the horn heads horn heads are unbelievable uh i love the placement of the bass in this track i love the organ in the bridge part as well it's really right up there in the mix and absolute classic lyrics mc how could you sleep on it you can shake your funky monkey till he cries <laughs> polyvinyl acetate will keep your monkey high if you want to get real freaky now's the time to try unbelievable lyrics yeah no those are good and i do remember i do remember it was quite a quite a wild and freaky track when it first came out like polyvinyl i said I, I, heard acetate. <laughs> uh, I love the little synth 
notes. You first notice it about one thirty, and then it's at the end of almost every vocal line during the verses, and it's just so P-Funk sounding. It's it's great. And like a lot of stuff on this album, it's got that P-Funk sound, and that is definitely a good thing. I like the Prince rap at 2.32, huge horn solo, 2.52. At the end, in the Shake Your Money Maker bit, the organ is playing these just totally weird discordant organ chords. It's it's just so good. This is just such a funky groove, this song. No wonder back in you know on the 95 tour at the after shows, they jam on this for 10 minutes, 15 minutes. It's just insane. You know, everyone says if you could go back in time and see one Prince concert, what Prince concert would you go back and see? And every, a lot of people say Love Sexy, Sign of the Times, someone to Cap- go back. Capri, Capri Theatre, Theater. <laughs> 1979. Yeah, yeah. But I'm pretty sure I'd go back to a 95 after show. Because for me, that was just the absolute pinnacle of this band. It just didn't get any better. And that's all I'm going to say. It's a great song. It's funk. It's good. All right, all right, all right. Uh, Toe Jam, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, pretty much exactly the same as Captain. Literally, bang, 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 note after note. It was. I had that <laughs> exact thing. The Barry Sax in this is awesome. The solo by Kathy Jensen. It's just like, it's like a kettle going off. But it's this real deep Barry sax sound. That's cool. And it was always hilarious when they did this live and Tommy Barbarella sampled that on his guitar and he's spinning around and it's all farting out this like green <laughs> gas. <laughs> it's like just like, you know, this is funky, this part. That's what rice and that's what rice and beans will do to you. So. <laughs> yeah. That's player said, I love the I actually really like the rap and I love the way it goes into that totally different beat at that point. It's just like this is this this thing that's rolling. That's a cool rap. Again, everything Captain's pretty much said. I had the organ as well, full fifteen. That's cool, that organ. And the just sound the of this he's playing are insane. Yeah, it's just like you just he's listen sort of to him and you're playing like, a bit discordant. And I think he's playing like you know the chord, but a semitone down just before the beat, so it has like this mm-hmm. you know lead in sort of thing. What else have I got? I love the chorus. Is basically just get wild, then it just parties. But I love the lead up to that chorus, the way the chords descend slowly and then they ascend again, and then it's all it's all building up for the get wild, then it's boom, and then it's bang into it. That would go off live. I I would love to be there for that moment. I love the bass as well. The bass is this really da da da. And um, are you, are you third, sure he didn't steal it from Marvin Gaye? Oh, he probably stole it from someone. The way it is these days. <laughs> Now, Player said something about the version he heard was some soundtrack. The version I have is, a, I think it's Predator Porter. The yeah, movie. that's the one. And yeah, the version the on that is like the same, basically the same song, but it's like the drums are different and the drum accents that second bass note. So it's... And yeah. Is that the same one as the one you've got? Yeah. Yeah. It's that's like, slower. I can't say which one's better. They're just different groups, but it's they cool the way they have two versions. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Just listen back to Captain's review, and that was my review. Uh, it's probably, I think it's probably the best song on the album, to be honest. It's quintessential party, get up and get wild funks. It's awesome. And the sound of this record, as well with the gold experience, these two albums sound really crystal clear. Uh, I don't know why. They just have a really, the production has a real shine to it, and that runs all the way through the album. So it sounds great. Yeah. Would you say this song funk and rolls? This is... <laughs> Uh, compared to this, I mean, funk and rollers get mild. So, <laughs> don't, don't, even, don't even mention these those two songs in the same album. Yeah, no. No. no, can't do that. Yeah, when you compare the two back to back, it's pretty clear. It's pretty clear what uh, what the fan vote is. All right, so that's Get Wild, the real big uh, album opener. Getting the party started, which goes into another segue. Uh, ladies' night at the club, y'all again. 
When they gonna have some live music down there? You mean when they gonna have some chicken Get down there? Get in, y'all. Hurry up. Excuse me. Oh, Fuck oh, this disco. Oh, Get him, baby. Anyone got anything to say about that? Hilarious. I mean, this isn't even one of the, the good ones, and it's still funny. Actually, I've got to say something about this one. I guess there's actually two of them, isn't there? Is there or is it just I can't remember. They're always weird tracks tracks on this. But yeah, this is the one where it's back. the... Yeah, there's yeah. two, yeah. yeah. Who, who's the DJ tonight? And, and then he goes in, and they're playing Dream Factory. Dream yeah. Factory, yeah. Oh, no, they're that's, playing that's Dream late. Factory. That's later. That's, that's basically the, the same one. segue. It's before New Power Solo. Yeah. You know, he goes into a club and they're playing Dream Factory and Sonny T's having the shits about it. It's like, he's playing Dream Factory. That was unreleased at the time. What are you doing? <laughs> and then, what does he do? He takes off the Dream Factory to put on New Power Soul. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you tired of this record spinning bullshit? No, not with the Dream Factory. That's a good song. <laughs> That was unreleased back then. <laughs> unreleased 86 track and Sonny T walks in and boots it off the record player. Oh. What's he doing? What's going on? That's actually track four, though. That's DJ Gets Jumped, Brother Jules. Jules. But it's so funny in the in track three and they turn up and straight away Michael B's like, oh, when are they going to have some chicken up in here? <laughs> it's excellent. Oh. And then and then Tora Tora says he's going to drive. And, and he's like, oh, how are you going to see with that mask on? Same way I saw your mama last night. It's excellent. It is just so funny. funny. That's pretty good. It's just classic Prince. This album is just comedy funk. It's just such a P-Funk homage, this whole album. The songs, the segues, everything. Uh, yeah, I think you're onto it, something, it's, Captain. It's just Prince yeah. going, yes, I listen to P-Funk and here's the proof. I interpret this and you're going to listen to it. <laughs> and it's excellent. Yeah, it's a good way of summarizing this album because it's unlike anything... I think him and the MPG have ever done before, you know, or since. Yep. So with those two segues, we go into the next full-length track, which is New Power Soul. <laughs> Captain, take it away. Instrumental. There's some funky bass lines through this track. Beautiful there's just the sound of the horns. Like Toe Jam said, just the, this whole album, the recording, I don't know what he was doing in 1995, what equipment he was using, but just about everything from, you know, 92 through to 95 just sounds unbelievable. And this album was like the peak. Uh, but there's not a lot to this track. There's a few nice solos, but nothing really blows your mind. Surprisingly, I don't have a problem with the audience noise on this track. And what? I think that's because it goes through the entire track. Not like other songs where he puts it at the start and then fades it out 20 seconds in and then fades it back in the end and, and you're supposed to think it was there the whole time. No, this song, it's just there the whole time. And I think that's why I'm fine with it. But I wish, I, I want to hear an isolated version of just the crowd and all the stuff that they're saying. Because I'm sure there's some funny stuff in there as well. If there's a way to get that track, that's what I want to hear. And then uh, near the end, the music stops. And he's like, hey, what happened to the band, man? And the music comes back in. And then that happens, I think, one more time. And then they take the guy out in the alley and bash the crap out of him. And I'm like, what is, what is going on in this album? It's just, it's just insane. It is so funny. Just like every single track, even these 20-second segues, it's just mental. So funny. Next. <laughs> Toe Jam, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, it's an instrumental track. It's, it's very similar to me to the, uh, the groove on Johnny, uh, which they jammed on a lot 
the year before, I guess. I hate to say it, but it's it's kind of a bit of a filler track, which is a bit disappointing oh, when it's come on. when it's the second song. You're going to go to an instrumental. I mean, I love instrumentals, but I don't know. It's a bit strange here. Um, but you just said you just said Get Wild's probably your favorite track on the album. You need yeah. a rest after that, then. Uh, maybe. What's <laughs> uh, got wild for five minutes? You got to have a rest. Need some soul. <laughs> I get it's a band feature, which is cool. I guess in that sense, you know, you've got uh, Tommy Barbarella takes the first electric piano solo. Then you've got uh, a trombone solo, guitar solo, which is more than likely Prince. Organ solo by Morris. A Harmon mute trumpet by I'm pretty sure it's Dave Prince, Jensen's Prince, trumpeter. Prince. But that's a good solo. Very Miles Davis with the Harmon mute in. Then there's a little bit of a drum break as well. So everyone gets a go. But the solos, which is pretty cool. What's interesting is that the song "Get Wild" had a turn, has a turnaround that goes da 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 da, and this one has a turnaround that goes da 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 da. Yeah, it's the same rhythm, just slightly different, slightly different notes, but the same sort of thing, which is kind of links the two songs, I guess. And like Captain was saying, it sounds good. It just sounds really clean and crisp, and it's a, I get, it's good. I, I don't really skip it or anything. I just, it's just a bit weird having this five minute, four or five minute instrumental straight up. So there we go. All right, and with that, we take it away to player. Yeah, I pretty much got the same stuff. It's an instrumental that showcases the band and mainly the MPG horns. It's a pretty standard track that features the turnaround as a centerpiece, as Tojan was talking about. For what it is, it's nice, but I would have either liked to have had Grand Central Station's The Jam or something similar of that caliber on this album to match the funk level and showcase each band member more individually that way. Because he was doing that song around this time and that would have been in sort of more in line with this kind of album. But it cruises along nicely. I think that actually perfectly sums up this track on this album. It it just cruises along. Yeah, you don't skip it. It's just on and you're just like, yeah, this is on. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, it just goes along. But we have to mention, he must have really liked this phrase, New Power Soul, since he named another song New Power Soul and then an album New Power Soul. He must have really liked that phrase after he, he might yeah, have got started all the way to generation. Well, to me, player, I, I see what you're saying, but I, I think it's, it's probably as funky to me as Get Wild. I mean... Had you heard this one? Is this one of the ones you hadn't heard? Yeah. Uh, no, I had heard this. Yeah, okay. I, I had heard this. Uh, Actually, I think this was on. This was a B side of one of the singles. Yeah, yeah it, I was, mean, it was. It was. I, I definitely heard this song, and I really, really like it. I mean, it's same as the first track. I think it's super funky. It's got these cool chants, some more synth, and the organs are more present on this one than on the first track. To me, it's just more horn porn. It's unbelievable <laughs> how. He just mixes the the MPG horns and he always makes them sound so tight. And to a large degree, they, by their nature, are just some of the tightest horn players I've ever heard. They've got this really super ability of sounding like one horn in a way, if that makes any sense. You know, they're just kind of, I don't know, they gel really well together. They blend really well together. And um, it's got that funny ending as well. I'm not going to quote it word for word, but it's kind of like, you know, where did the band go and the band come back in with another with another funky part to finish the song. To me, it's just this really nice instrumental jam. I wouldn't call it great. I'd probably say Get Wild is overall a much, much better and heavier type of party track. But yeah, it's, it's a one-two punch, you know. You got the left and then you get the right hook with this new power soul following the um, the album opener. So I'm, I'm a fan of this, definitely. MC, what I meant was like, yeah, this song's funky, but it's sort of more in line with the first MPG album, whereas <sighs> a song like The Jam is sort of more suited to this sort of album, where it's sort of like a more deeper funk. Yeah. Whereas this is sort of like a more sort of jazzy sort of funk with the horns and all that. That's 
sort of more yeah, in line yeah. with the first MPG album. No, I know what you mean, but the only problem is I haven't really heard that first LPG album. Oh, I agree, actually. It's like it's a leftover from that, almost. Could be. Interesting. All right. And and after these first two songs that we've talked about uh, at length, we've got another two segues. And this trend pretty much continues throughout the rest of the album. So we so go track from new- six, we've got DJ Seduces Sonny. That, that, that's cool, man. That's cool. Y'all didn't have to break my $150 glasses, though. But just to show you that there ain't no hard feelings, I got a couple ladies here I want to introduce to y'all. Prime beef, boy. Check it in. <laughs> and then another segue. So, Captain, what are your thoughts on these two? There's just so many classic lines that I know. Like, I know every single word on this album, and it's just sad, really. But it's just burned into my brain because I listened to it so much when it first came out and then for years and years after. But you've got – it sounds like Billy Sparks, but it's – I think he might be making fun of Billy Sparks. It is Brother Jules, and he's like, oh, that's cool. You had to break my $100 billion glasses. It's just so funny. Just the way he says it. And then when he like introduces the girls, prime beef, boys, check it out. It's just hilarious. And then right at the end of this segue, you've just got this... <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's track six. Any, any <laughs> other comments on track six? How, how can you beat that? How can you beat uh, that review? <laughs> <laughs> you can't. It's just you can't. so ridiculous and funny. I got, I got something to say about it's the next excellent. segue. All right. Okay, what, what track if- seven. Dang, what you do that for? You need a hug or something? I don't know. What's this one called? Does this have a name? Segway. <laughs> Segway. I think this has my favorite line in the whole album. And I know the, what um, you're going to say. Do you? Oh, okay. It's the, uh, the NBA no ball and ass mofo. Oh, no, it's not. That's hilarious. Oh, you NBA no ball and ass mofo. That's good. Did you get it? NBA no ball and ass. Yeah. Come on. I just love the way this whole one starts off with Sunny T just banging away, the mattress springs. It's just, it's excellent. What did you think I was going to say? Oh, the funniest thing. It's one of the funniest lines on this album, and it's probably not meant to be, but I just find it unbelievably funny, is when he's like, oh, why don't you just turn the damn TV off? He shoots the TV, and she's like, damn, you need a hug or something? And she says, do you need a hug? Oh, my God. It is the funniest thing. (laughs) I just find that so funny. I don't know why. It's just such a ridiculous reaction to have to someone shooting a television five seconds after you were just having sex with them. Do you need a hug or something? Oh, my God. It is so funny. It is so – I laugh my head off every single time I hear it. Oh, anyway, nice. that's track seven. So with that, we got six and seven, which are pretty much segues into the next full-length song, which is Count the Days. And I, oh, baby, I count the days. Player, why don't you start this one off for us? This is an interesting little song about revenge. Lyrically, it's interesting and amusing. Musically, it's got that countryfied funk about it. Some nice guitar work, both electric and acoustic. Awesome harmonies all the way throughout. Pay attention to them and you'll really appreciate them. I think it's a really odd choice for a single and it's very painful to sit through the radio edit, but I like Ah. this track. It's a nice contrast to an otherwise deep funk album. 
Hmm. Tojane, count the days. Okay, I'm going to start. We've been a little bit too positive in this album review so far. This song is kind of annoying, and it's the lyrics that kill it for me. I think the music is great. I think the background vocals, the harmonies, everything is right there for a classic Prince sad slow jam. And it's to me, as I know it's the theme of the album, but I feel this song has been done an injustice. All the silliness actually spoils this track, I think. You know, motherfucker, I count the day. It's like, I, yeah, I, 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 can, see, I can see the humor. Yeah. I get the humor. It's funny. But I just think, wow, there was something there, I think. I think there was a, there was a deeper song there that I feel it kind of got the short end of the stick, uh, which is a shame. Oh, oh. Now I've got to go and blow this motherfucker away. It's like, ah. Oh, <laughs> and I, I have a bit of a love-hate <clears throat> relationship with this album for this reason. And you'll, it'll come across in a few other tracks as well, I think. It's... Yeah, it's a frustrating listen, this one, because I just, the back, the music, what's happening musically, I think is really cool, really sparse, nice little guitar work, nice little interesting chord progressions, and good big harmony vocals, and it's just like, oh, but then you're going to spoil it with all this sort of silliness. And the guitar hooks, how cool are those little guitar bends and everything? That's so sweet. It reminds me a bit of the Staple Singers, some of that sort of slow jam stuff. And the vocal is definitely, it's almost a duet with Prince, almost. Sonny's there, but, you know, Prince is basically in control of this song, I think. So, yeah, like I said, I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with it. Good song, crappy lyrics. Interesting. Captain, what are your thoughts on this one? Third single off the album. This is an excellent track. I love this song. It is great. And it's not really the sort of track I would normally like, but I think the gangster lyrics just, they help me like this song even more. Because it's one of those, we've, there's been songs before in the past, there's been a bunch of songs where, you know, there's sad music and there's happy lyrics. And this, this is like one of those songs. It's got that sort of music and then it's got this like, this filthy lyrics with full of swearing and it's, I, I think it's excellent. Oh, it's mostly acoustic, there's no drums, it's just mostly acoustic guitars, there's a few synths in the background doing some chords, no drums at all, no bass. Some excellent background vocals, uh, especially 129 to 134 by Prince. That's great. This is another song I'd love to hear live as well. Obviously, it would be minus a few words, but it'd still be great to hear this. They played this one the- on. They played this on uh, some TV show in England, I think, didn't they? Yep. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, they played a couple times, I think. But he's got to play it again. It'd be great. 206, he got the breakdown. 214, I love that line. Every day I'm with your ass is another day wasted. That I swear is a day too long. It's just great. You can hear Prince singing that in the background. He starts off really low, up really high. Oh, it's just great. And like Frankie Beverly without Maze, it's just too funky. And I really like the outro, 252. It's just so 95. Hypnotic. It's just so gold experience It's it's just what he was doing at that time. And, you know, there's a couple of tracks on gold and like that. Like even, um, is it Dolphin's got a sort of end like that? There's a couple of other songs I can't think of. But I love this song. I think the contrast between the lyrics and the music is great. And I've, I've seen a few people say that the, the swearing ruins the song. It doesn't for me. And it's weird because half the time I don't even listen to lyrics, but the lyrics make me like this song even more. So I don't know. It's great. I love it. Yeah, the only song you like <laughs> because of the lyrics yes. is this one, Radio. Okay. <laughs> And yeah, the radio edit is horrible, which just has like a, a symbol splash instead of the, the swearing. It's like mother. Psh. It's got like it's just horrible. Yeah, and it's got like yeah, all sort of junky noises on it. I don't, yeah. listen to that. I don't think I've ever listened to that. Uh, it's, you, you, you'll probably I like it because it doesn't have the swearing. Oh. And yeah, I, think uh, the, I think when they played it live on TV, they played they played the censored version as well. 
was it the White Room, the show they were on? The White Room. Yeah. Yeah. I think it might have been. Yeah. Yeah, find that if you can somehow. Good luck. <laughs> I'm a little bit on the fence on this song because I think it's a reasonable song and uh it, well actually reasonable is not the right word to use. I think it's a solid track, but I'm kind of with Toe Jam. I don't even mind the words themselves. My issue is the way that they're delivered. I just think that, again, to Toe Jam's point, there's a deeper song here. And number one, it doesn't really fit on this album. Number two, the way that Sonny in particular delivers some of these lines, it's just not only is it... It's almost like he's taking. It's almost like he's taking the piss. Taking the piss, yeah. yeah. Like he's not really taking it seriously, and that's the thing that's frustrating because it's got this nice gospel, um, staple singers inspired sound, and it, there's an element of soul there, but it's just and dense instrumentation and some really nice background harmonies, but then over the top of that, you've got this almost play acted lead vocal that really ruins the intention of the song. I think. And so, yeah. Uh, so, I'm this is what, this is what I don't understand. You guys loved International Lover because it was a, a hilarious comedy and I yeah. thought it was a pathetic thing. And for the, <laughs> the total opposite. Yeah, but the, the context is different. International Lover is, really? is, is hilarious because it's about, it's about, you know, it's about this is sex. Hilarious. It's about getting it on. <laughs> this is not about sex. This is about social injustice and getting revenge. Like, even Toe Jam said he I, he gets the comedic part of it he just doesn't like it that was the same for me for international lover i understand it i just don't like it but this song i think it works perfectly and you all say no oh that's so, the, that's, the be- that's the beauty of the peach and black podcast you get all sorts uh, all sorts of opinions on here so that's basically it yeah I mean, as far as that song is concerned but then you know after the first two kind of party party numbers almost jams you get this song and then back to the to the party jams with with which is the next song we're about to talk about which is the good life the good life which was also released as a single and I believe did quite... Second single. Uh, yeah, second single and did reasonably well in the Australian charts when it came out here in 95. Uh, what are your thoughts on this player? Oh, yeah, this is a funky, well-written pop track. I was really surprised by this song when I first heard it, mainly because it was so good and it wasn't previewed previously like some of the other tracks of the era. Another surprise with this track was how well it did in the charts, like you were saying, especially here in Australia. But it was the Dancing Divas remix that made it chart, which is also somewhat of a rarity that a remix did better than the original song. But it was nice to turn on the TV or the radio and hear the MPG on there, especially in the slave era where he was potentially at his mainstream lowest. But yeah, very funky, very contemporary, positive, song-seeking, the good life. I think that this is a highlight of this album. Captain. Yes, the good life. Second single off the album. This is a great track. I totally forgot how much I love this whole album and this song. It's a great chorus. I can't think of any other Prince song that is any way similar to this. It was just such an original song. I, th- I mean, it could be like other songs, but not Prince songs. Can you? Can anyone think of any songs this is like? Can't yeah, it I just seems so it. original to me. Divert the chorus. Heaps, heaps of songs. The chorus. It's not really similar, but it kind of reminds me of Valentina a bit, like the fact that it's like this sort of chunky vocal that's sort of I don't know. It's hard to describe. I don't remember that song at all. Yeah. Oh, well, it's like, you know, hey, Valentina, and this one's like the good, like, it's just sort of similar. 
To me, this oh, is like yeah. every like mid '90s R&B standard track. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was great. It's still great. I don't know if I agree, MC. I'll tell you what happened during the era. Like, I had a friend. He had a Capri, like a convertible Capri, and he used to drive Ford around. Capri, in his Capri. GT. Yeah, <laughs> and he would drive down with the hood, and he, he invited me one day to get in his car. So I get in his car, and I'm bumping the good life. And it's like, yeah, this is funky. And then he puts it back to back with Black Street, and there was yeah. no comparison. It sounded, it didn't sound like you couldn't put it as, yeah, it's funky, but it's not in the same sort of R and B sort of playing back to back with something. It it just it wasn't up there. I guess I haven't played it back to back, but the minute you said Black Street, I'm thinking of their '94 debut release, and it, yeah. it sounds like almost everything on that album to me. But anyway. Like like the groove. I'm but talking see, about I, the groove, the beat, the yeah, beat. I'm talking like about standard. the groove too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this is a lot slower. And I like you notice that too. Like when the Dancing Divas remix charted, it's a lot. You know, sort of like a dance club mix. Yeah. And then when the original, when they played the video on TV, you know, it was like a, a, it was really slow. You could notice the difference. It was, you know, but it's just like, it's the funk. That's what it is, you know. But, you know, when you can start comparing it to other songs, it's sort of like, yeah, it's, it's, but I reckon like the song itself is awesome. It's like Captain said, it's original. Yeah, I can't think of any song that it's like, especially any Prince song. But I remember when this came out and it was on the charts and it was every Saturday, it was on video hits, it was on Rage. And it's like, He's on the TV. He, look, Prince is on the TV. It was great because that didn't happen that often. Yeah, that was and good. Is there a video for this? Was there a video for this? Of course. Yeah. Video. I think it's Sunny Prince. He's got going... this horrible long black wig. Yeah. Is it the funny. dancing? Is that the remix or is that the actual no, that's song? No, that's the actual song. Yeah. Oh, I've probably and then seen in it. Between I can't that, remember it. In between that, it's like Sunny T goes into like a music store and he starts playing the instruments. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Which which reminds me of the musicology video. That's a terrible video. The, the one I'm, it's coming back to me now. I remember it. That's a terrible video. Oh, I love anyway. it. I love it. It's ninety five. It can't be wrong. But yeah, it was on the charts at least a month. It was like at least three or four weeks. I was seeing that video every weekend. It was great. And musically, I mean, there's not a huge lot going on. There's a cool beat. There's some nice little guitar bits. Some are up front. Some are more buried in the mix. It's got cool bass. It's got a synth, a bunch of scritchy scratch all over the place. But I remember getting the CD singles, the maxi CD singles, and the remixes, the big city remix. Oh, bullets go bang. It's all this good stuff. But I reckon the song could be over at about 3.50. And I think an edit might end around there. But I love the extra two minutes as well. Because then you've got the breakdown around the five-minute mark and funky-ass bass solos, which is just great. And guitar stuff going on. Oh, it's a great song. Should it, it was it was perfectly chosen as a single, and it, because you know, it did well here, I don't know in England what what it did, but it did good in Australia. I, I don't know, Captain. For me, this is a typical nineties thing. Oh, uh, yeah, you it's, you can't talk. You've only listened to it for three days. That's true, but it's <laughs> typical mid nineties Mac R and B Mac R and B jam to me. This yeah, has ahead. like positive lyrics. That's I think. true. That's true. Which it does. most of the songs at the time probably did not. You're right about that. And that's one of the only redeeming qualities for me. Like, um, it reminds me a little bit of another Prince song in its beat and the way the beat's structured, which is uh, We March off the Gold Experience. I find some similarities just in the feel of this track and, and the song We March. But you're right. The positive energy and the uplifting kind of lyrics and, and themes in this uh, do enough to make it more than a pass for me, but only just. I mean, I could take or leave this song. I just like the video because it's just every second you're like, it's play Spot Prince hmm. in, his hor- in, his, in his long black wig playing the one-eyed bass. It's just great. Okay. Toe Jam, you think it's great? 
I don't think it's great. I don't. It's good. I'm kind of with MC. I think it's 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 a good little fun jam. It pops along. I always enjoy it when it comes on, but I certainly don't go out of my way to listen to it. It reminds me a lot of Love Sign, uh, which came out probably not that earlier, not that long earlier. Uh, similar tempo, similar beats, uh, similar minorish sort of sound. I really like the intro to the song. I love the way it builds that that swell, that uh, bend up. That's a really cool way to start a song with that. And then the beat comes in. That's cool. Uh, I like the little hook, the keys slash guitar, little instrumental hook that runs through it. It's got that high-pitched sustained note in the chorus, classic kind of princey thing. I just kind of find, well, I'll stick with the positives first. Uh, it's got the same sentiment as White Mansion, which came out a year or two later. Uh, you know, the good life. He's looking for a big white mansion, same sort of thing. I just find Sonny T's vocals, this is where it starts to grate on me a bit on this album, where Sonny T is, a, is an amazing musician, and I've compared this to Hannah doing vocals on Third Eye Girl. Amazing musician, amazing personality, really interesting person, but I just don't think he cuts it as a lead vocalist, and I think a song like this, he kind of falls short for that reason, especially like in the rap, when he goes, you know, peace to the brothers, and it's just like, uh... Yeah, I agree. It's like Hannah on it's Third almost, Eye Girl. It's almost you know? Tony M reminiscent when he does that rap. Yeah, and, and before when we were talking about Count the Days, and I was thinking maybe, you know, Sonny T might be like a Frank Zappa kind of guy. Can you imagine Frank Zappa singing like a serious, you know, emotional ballad that really <laughs> connects? Like you can't. It, no matter what Frank Zappa does, he's going to come across like funny and corny and, and yeah. sarcastic. And, and, and emotionless. Yeah, yeah and, and maybe like Sonny's the same kind of guy. Like it's just not his personality, you know. He's whatever he does, it's always going to be a, a bit of a joke. And and yeah, so that's that's no distance Sonny T. He's one of my favorite Prince band members. But it, I just feel that this album's let down a bit for that fact. Like just like Third Eye Girl is a little bit. I really like the bit at five ten. The bass and the synth are doing. I've just written weird yeah. bit. It's that dun dun dun. It's just this really weird. Dun 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 dun. dun. Yeah. Yeah, that's a cool bit, and the bass slides all around. That's cool. I actually prefer the Big City remix. I love that version with Prince's dark rap. And that's a really, it's got this cool sax loop and this real dark jumping around bass. I made a version of this where I had the, the edit of The Good Life and then it segued straight into the, the Big City remix. And to oh, me, yeah. that's the way the song should, should finish. That's the way the song should have been originally. Yeah, I think that surpasses this version. But yeah, it's a good song. It's a good, fun pop song. How can you say that about Sonny Thompson? <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. 1995, Captain. I'm sorry. It's, it's 1995. Nothing can be bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, did you, do you guys, you know that TV show, The Good Wife? Do you always hear this song in your head when you see that TV show? <laughs> the Good Wife. I don't, but I will now. <laughs> <laughs> You've ruined it for Captain forever. <laughs> I don't watch that show anyway, but... Oh, well. Oh, okay, all, all you lovers out there, let's go to the next song. <laughs> cherry, Cherry Baby. No, it's not Cherry. Cherry Cherry is the name of the next track. Cherry, Cherry, I think about you every rising sun. And it is again, to Toe James' uh, uh, bewilderment, Sunny T on vocals. Uh, I'll open this up by saying, before anyone else steals this, to me, this is basically the NPG doing a Smokey Robinson-style love ballad with enough cream and cheese and sugar on top to make a candy store squirm. This is a really... A cherry on top. Yeah, a cherry. That's right. Thanks for correcting me there. Uh, I have to admit, the vocal here is actually passable. 
more than passable. At times, it sounds like it's got that Smokey Robinson vibe, but only, and this is the thing, only in the sense that it's mimicking an R&B soul crooner. And that, again, that's the thing that ruins this song for me. I think if Prince sang this song, this would be a lot better. Sonny is just not convincing as a lead vocalist. But but I have to give him some credit. I think he passes, he carries a tune here way better than the rest of this album, pretty much, in my opinion. The other thing that lets it down is the lyrics are a bit throwaway. It's clever to a point, but then after a while, the basketball and after-school references just get a little bit old. So I just think of Smokey Robinson when I when I listen to this, and then I feel like putting Smokey on, because for anyone that hasn't heard Smokey, and especially his early stuff with the Miracles, do yourself a favor and pick it up. And with that, those are my thoughts. Toe Jam. I don't really like this song, to be honest. Um, the first thing I've written with the two exclamation marks is reverb. There's a heap of reverb in this song. Uh, and I wonder if that's potentially to hide a few little things here and there. In the vocals by Sonny T. Uh, <laughs> a <little> bit subtle. <laughs> it's kind of, it's very throwaway. It's, there's nothing really happening there for me, to be honest. I've written here it should have stayed an instrumental. I think maybe as an instrumental it might have been a nice little thing. There's some nice timpani in it. I noticed that today listening to it. There's some timpani in this song. It just sounds a. It sounds like a song that like a, a fifteen-year-old would write. Yeah, it's just not happening. Sunny, Sunny T again. I just if Prince was on this, was Prince was the lead vocal, it might just be passable. But I just find the combination of this really sappy song with Sunny and is he be is he trying to be funny? Is he trying to be serious about a song about suicide? And it's like it's just not finding where it's supposed to go. I don't know. It's not that it's not heartfelt, but it's just there's something weird about it. It's like the song. I can imagine Sonny singing the song and going, Where, where's this song supposed to be going? And no one really knowing what, what it's supposed to be. And it just sort of happens. And that's the song. So I think it's probably the, the most skippable track on the album. All right. Uh, player. Yeah, it's definitely not the strongest track on the album. I slept on this track for a long while. I always hit the skip button within the first 10 seconds. But it does have some nice elements, especially the doo-wop style execution. Um, I really like the chord progression in places. Lyrically, it covers the very serious subject of suicide, as uh, Tojem mentioned. But overall, it's the musical elements that do it for me. But I really got to be in the mood for this song for me to sit through it from start to finish. Usually, I, I'll skip it. And finally, Captain. Fuck the Captain. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody has said this song is not great. So that just leaves it to me to say it's not that great. It's probably the only, for me, it's probably the only misstep on this album. I think everything else on this album is very good. Mm. It's a bit nothing, isn't it? But I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad track. It's just, it's not a song I would listen to anyway. So that doesn't help what I think of it. Like MC, I think Sonny handles the vocals adequately. You know, I mean, he's not Prince. There's no point even comparing them, but I think he does okay. For someone who's not a lead vocalist, and I think he does fine. But there's not a lot to this. There's drums, there's a bunch of synths, and Toe Jam hinted it sounds like a song a 15-year-old would write. I have the feeling that this could have been a song from when I Prince wouldn't and Sonny were either. kids. It could I have been bouncing be around either. for 30 years. I would not be surprised. That's a really interesting <laughs> I was actually thinking the same thing. I thought, I wonder if this was like a song about a girl they knew when they were like in high school or something. School, yeah. It could have been bouncing around for 30 years and then they're like, oh, do you remember that song we did about that girl? Let's put that on here because that'll be funny. 
like MC said, it could be some sort of, you know, like homage to a Smokey Robinson, that style of song. Or it could be a song they made a long time ago and just remembered and put it on this album. Or I just thought of this yesterday. With this album being a whole, you know, P-Funk tribute, to use some words, George Clinton started out doing doo-wop. <laughs> if I'm yeah. not, yeah, you're right. right. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. It's a very, very so, circle you've just drawn. So that could be also relating to that. Who knows? Mm. But I only thought I only thought of that yesterday because I'm like, why is there a song like this on a, such a on an album, album like this? Exactly. Yeah. And then I'm yeah. like, well, George Clinton. Well, he started out doing, you know, the barbershop quartet. Sure. Yeah. That's what that's what he did. Yeah. So it could I be wonder that if too. that's a happy happy coincidence, probably. But who knows? But yeah, this song's okay, but let's move on. Let's move on to a segue. What? Take your big Edsel driving ass on. <laughs> Get your ass whipped out here. You guessed yes. it. Another segue. 18 seconds. Track Anyone got track, any comments about track this? Track 11. Take your big Edsel driving ass home. <laughs> There's a song in the background of this and I cannot recognize it. If anyone knows what it is. Let me know. Someone oh, drives know. past, don't they? They drive past, you just hear a beat. That's it, much, yeah. it, it could be a song. It could, could be, be a song. Someone it might have listened an, to it a thousand times and recognized an, it. An as yet unreleased MPG. Oh, it, it could be. Who knows? But after that short interlude uh, is the next full length song, which is Return of the Bump Squad. And I just want to say really quickly, this is a strange track. I'm not really a big fan of this. I can take it or leave it. In fact, I'd rather leave it. Is this one you'd heard before? I hadn't heard this before. The lyrics and I didn't get much out of it. The lyrics and the beat is a bit naff. It just kind of meanders a lot, a lot for about seven minutes. And then we're off into another couple of segues. This is probably the part of the album that really slows down and gets me searching for the skip button. I hate to say, not a fan. Yeah. Player. Yes. Bow down, mother yucca. Another extended <laughs> funk track with boombastic production. Toadjam, you were mentioned timpani drums. They feature in this one as well. Great song title, but it might go on a couple of minutes too long to the point where it outstays its welcome. I'm kind of like with MC on this. I like it, but it could be a lot shorter. That's my review on it because it kind of it's kind of like a repetitive idea for sort of mm. seven minutes. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I found. Captain. Jeez, I don't have that much to say on this song either. It's a weird track. Um, it's, it's because it doesn't 20. go anywhere. That's what it is. It's kind of like, yeah. a, it's just a groove and it just c- keeps going on. There's nothing really sort of variant from that. Is this what Toe Jam started the show off? What's that funky smell? Uh, it might be around here Was somewhere. That, I think it's this song. What's yeah. that funky smell? <laughs> yeah. But it's 7 minutes 20. I think it is too long. But yeah, it really is just a long jam. It, <laughs> I mean, it does have verses and a chorus. It's got a funky beat, but for me, this is sort of a precursor to some emancipation sounds and even new power soul tracks. They're just this, they're just like a chant based song. And that's what this is, I think. I mean, it's got a bit of a chorus, but it's not my this, yeah. For me, this could fit on new power soul, no problem. I mean, it, it does have some funny lyrics, you know, talking about some fool in a mask and a one eyed bass. And it's, it's a funny story if you listen. Hmm, I wonder who but, that could be. Yeah. See, uh, that's one of the funniest things about this album is 
just the way Prince's brain works. It's like Warner Brothers says I can't be on this album, so I'll just cover my face and disguise my voice, and then that'll be fine. I just love that logic. It's like when he changed his name from Prince to The Symbol. No well, one will recognize me and, now. And, he, yeah. and he's like, well, the contracts are signed by Prince. I am now Symbol, so that doesn't apply. Thank you. I just love the logic. It's Good just night. So, it's just such simple thinking. I think it's classic. <laughs> and it's the same thing with this whole album. Well, Prince is not allowed on this album, so there's a guy with a mask called Tora Tora and a distorted voice. He's on the album instead. Uh, it's, it's just great, great stuff. There's nothing else to say about that song. Toe Jam, can you uh, drag this one out of the waters? No, I'm pretty much with you guys. It goes for too long. It's one of those ones that when it first comes on, you haven't heard it for a while, you're like, yeah, this is funky. And then after like three minutes, you're like, okay, move on, time to move on. There's really only two sections to it. There's one bass line that goes, do, 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 or something like that. And then the other one is, do, 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 do. And it just goes back and forth between those two sections. And it's like, is there any more to this song? And there's a whole lot of chanting and rapping. And I've written here that it sort of summarizes the album and in the sense that it's just a big groove song with just a whole lot of whack lyrics and it's sort of a bit of a mess. There's some really cool bits in it, but it, the whole thing's a bit of a mess and that's kind of how I feel about the album. So I sort of said that, that this song sort of summarizes it. But I think this song is a bit of a downer compared to the rest of the album. Eric Leeds is on this though. Eric Leeds comes in on the tenor sax, 322. Mm. That's always nice. He comes back in on the flute at 5... It looks like I've written 555 here. Maybe it's 515. So it sort of has a bit of a... It's trying to be a bit get off, you know, with this big long jam with flutes and saxes and everything. And what's funny again, though, is that at 5.20, there's this thing about, you know, turn that loop off. But then this super funky yeah. loop comes in. He's like, no, that's funky. Leave that on. That's better than the rest of the song. So two times <laughs> in this album, they're like trying to pay out record spinners. And, but they're like, no, that, that's better than what you're playing at the moment. So. <laughs> you need to get up on those decks, Tojo. you got to keep spinning the stuff that we like. I, I like that kind of country distorted guitar thing that's going... That's kind of cool, but it, again, it, it just goes too long and it gets annoying after a while. Um, and then there's the whole the good book section, which is from the book of Exodus, surprisingly. Uh, you know when Sonny starts... Let me read from the good book. As soon yeah. as that comes on, I think Rainbow Children straight away. Yeah. I just expect the Darth Vader voice to come in yeah. and start talking. And this <laughs> it's, guy's it's, like... It's such a similar thing. Some random guy's like, chill out, we don't need that shit or something. And, <laughs> um, that's me. That's me in the background going, chill that's out, you. we don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's a funky groove, but it's pretty skippable. All right. And and after that, guess what? Another couple of segues you got. So it's the intro to the mashed potato girl part. Track 13. Is anybody home? Hmm, I guess not. Let's see what's on the television. Sunny T, another day, another dollar. I don't know why I think that's funny. It's just the way that he says things. He's just a funny guy. He can say anything. And it is 1995 after all. <laughs> yeah, it is 1995, <laughs> so it's all good. But the main segue, which I guess we'll call the mashed potato girl segue. Ain't hey, nothing but a wang. Fucking pisses you off, am I right? My girl's gone somewhere. Right. I, I'm so just cooking. Over, I took the fucking mashed potatoes and I hey, threw them all hey, over this? that broad. It goes for about three minutes and Prince in his best pseudo-Italian accent one of the funniest bits I think he's ever recorded as far as spoken words concerned. What do you guys think? Uh, exactly, exactly that. One of the funniest a... things, not even just spoken word. It is one of the funniest things Prince has ever recorded in his entire <laughs> career. Song, vocal, talking, anything. It will kill you. 
<laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I like it. I mean, we don't need to repeat it. No, we don't. It's no. just so Just go, go and listen to it, yeah. There's a I, weird like, bit. I like listening to Sunny T as well, though, because that's yeah. funny too. Yeah, it's when really like, easy to just listen in on the mashed potato thing, but if you listen to the Sunny thing, it's pretty funny too. You're like, like, you can't find his saucepan and he's trying to open the tin and just bashing <laughs> it against <laughs> Let me see stovetop directions. <laughs> <laughs> that, that ain't no saucepan. So. <laughs> ain't nothing but a wang. Yeah, I, was, I read that. What, what the hell does that mean? I wrote that down. What does that mean? Ain't nothing but a wang. I have no I idea what that, that means. Up, I brought that up a few shows ago for some reason, and I just, it's still one of the funniest lines. I don't know why. What does it mean? And, I, I've never got then, that. And then he says, ain't that a bitch? Another classic Prince line. Uh, it is the funniest thing ever. But, but seriously, what does it mean? Ain't nothing but a wang. I think it means like nothing's going on or something. Yeah, I think so, because it's like he's answering someone that's going, what's happening? He's like, ah, ain't nothing but a wang. Well, oh, no problem. Okay. There's probably a whole bunch of people out there going, of course we know what it is, you stupid white people. But yeah, Australians, yeah. yeah. <laughs> stupid Australians don't know anything. Oh, oh, they thought but- it was about his wang. <laughs> <laughs> mashed potato girl intro. But that just makes me want to ask, where's the mashed potato girl track itself, if that's just the intro? Yeah. Where is the, the mashed vault. potato girl song? In the vault. <laughs> deep in the oven. I think it's still deep in the oven. Uh, and after those two segues... I'm just going to uh, run to the little boy's room. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, you know, back comes the music again, and, and the next song that we're about to talk about is called Big Fun. But honestly, I don't know. It's, I, it's all fun. Yeah, it's... <laughs> and I don't know if fun's the operative word. Oh, I'm going to take a deep breath. I don't want to spoil the review here, but this is well, just more let, of the let's same. Just, let's just remind people, you've only heard this song for three days. I have only heard this song for a few days, but it, this is more of the same from The Return of the Bum Squad, as far as I'm concerned. Obviously, it's a very different piece of music, and the chant's not bad, but this song is quite forgettable. Again, it's overlong. There's some nice bacon freaky guitar work about halfway through. But aside from that, you know, I'm going to the next couple of segues and into, into uh, well, I won't say it, but into the second last official song on this album. You know, I'm, I'm kind of skipping over this. What, what do you guys think? Play up. I agree with you. This song is, you know, it became the blueprint for the 98 song, New Power Soul. And again, like Return of the Bump Squad, it's bombastic, but it becomes that little bit too repetitive with the chant and everything. I always saw the 1998 New Power Soul song as the concise version of this track. Like they've taken this song, edited it down and made it sort of more of a single. But yeah, it's a funky outing, but it doesn't really go anywhere. It's kind of like Return of the Bump Squad, but just like a slower kind of groove. And it just, again, it, it outstays its welcome yeah yeah pretty much uh toe jam um this is definitely the superior of the two big fun and the return of the bump squad this goes in a lot more interesting directions i think it is a bit of a a bit of a long too long repetitive jam but there's some really cool bits towards the end of this like uh have another listen it does go some different places it's kind of a bit days of wildish where it's a bit darker and it's got that high-pitched synth sound doing this little lead line thing you've got the poet 99 sample in there another tracks he pops up on from this era there's some crazy guitar work as well in this song starting at 330 i've written and little bits and pieces there's some really very interesting out there experimental guitar stuff um you've also got some 
some distorted flute going on there with some effect on it. Um, there's you've got flute and piano doing like a solely thing at 455, which is again very reminiscent of one of the Get Off remixes that had a similar kind of thing. Uh, you've got Eric Leeds playing a tenor sax solo at 510. 550, you've got synth strings and tenor sax playing a sort of melodic minor thing, which is similar to the song's Thunder. So there's a lot more going in on this one, but it is a bit repetitive. The beat kind of, the beat just doesn't change. That's half the problem. Out of nowhere at 640, when you think the song's slowing down, Prince just jumps out of nowhere saying, Solomon got no more women than me or something. So he's like letting everyone know that he's he's the master of that domain. And even at like seven minutes, you've got these really weird, I've written Tim Burton whistles sort of sounds. So, you know, there's some interesting stuff on this song. And I reckon, um, I'm not one to get high, but I reckon if you were high and you listened to this, this would be pretty freaky, this song. And the song says, get freaky. Player was saying that um, the New Power Soul song is like the better version of this song. To me, they're completely different songs. It's just they've lifted that chant from it. Yeah, so I would recommend MC, who may be something of a still something of a fresh version on this song to go back and have, have another listen. I'm not going to say it's great, but there's a bit more going on to it than uh, Return of the Bump Squad. Fair enough. I might, I might have to give it another listen. Give it one more at least. Right? Yeah, you know, it's not going to blow you away. But. See, see if Captain can convince me. Well, Toe Jam says he's not one to get high. With this being a funk sort of tribute album, you know, I'm sure no one's ever linked George Clinton with drug taking. But I'm sure there could have been some intention Never. to create a song. Never. Exactly. I'm sure they could have had some intention to create a song that would affect people <laughs> under certain, you know, influences. Whether they were indulging that themselves, I will make no comment. But yeah, 1995 was a good year. Anyway, this is what I got to say about <laughs> this song. Uh, this is another new power soul precursor song, just like Return of the Bump Squad. It's a song based on a chant. Lyrics from this track ended up on New Power Soul. There's a beat, there's some synth line, there's a chant that goes on and on. Seven minutes, 26 seconds. Oh, I think it's a bit too long. There's some funky bass stuff. I think the music from this was reused for Poom Poom as well. Is that right? I saw that somewhere. Yeah, I can hear that. I think it's the same music. And I think it's so great that, oh, how many years later... Six years, seven years later, you know, Eric Leeds was on Love Sexy Tour and then see you later. And then 1995, he's back. Whether they had some problems, I don't know, but it was so good, especially when he's making this super funk album. Who does he go to when he wants the super funk horn? Apart from Hornheads, he gets Eric Leeds to come back. How good is that? He plays the flute, he plays all the sax and a bunch of things. It's so good to have Eric Leeds on this album, I think. It's great stuff. But this song, oh yeah, just... Put this on your power soul. It can stay there. And with that, more segues. <laughs> okay. Yes. Now, track number 16, New Power Day. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is probably my second favorite segue on this. No, second or third favorite segue on this album. It's just the funniest thing ever. Michael B calls up Sonny T. And he's like, XTV, turn it on. And then the thing that they watch, I wish they made a video for it. It would have been the funniest. If Mashed Potato Girl is the funniest <laughs> audio he's ever recorded, imagine how funny that video would have been. <laughs> I mean, I started the show with the, the homeless guy, you know, oh, yeah, let me have $50. It's just so funny the stuff that goes on in that story and this guy tries to rob him and then and then play it play it knows because then his home his homies came from 7-eleven oh, yeah that's right excellent <laughs> 
and, and they beat his ass so bad, change fell out his pocket. That is just one of the best lines. It is so good. It's so funny. Oh. It's just, it's they classic. Are, yeah. It's, yeah. I can't, oh, I'm not going to go through every line, but it's just so funny. I just no, laugh you've got to, every time. For anyone that hasn't heard it, you've got to hear it for yourself and just uh, <laughs> pay attention to what? it. Oh. There's a bit about, um, you know, where he's saying, oh, something reeks or something. And then he's like, you know, the beans and rice were, were you know, a parry. <laughs> Janelle's. <laughs> yeah. And I, you almost sense like Sunny T may not have known what was coming. It's like the way he starts laughing is so natural. He, I wouldn't oh, be surprised if yeah. it was the first time you heard that. It probably. Oh, imagine if it was. Imagine if Prince just said, "Okay, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play a thing, and I'm just gonna record your reactions to it." Imagine if that's what happened. How good? Because he, Tony Sunny, just Sunny just laughs his head off so bad. He's got a Prince must have loved his he, laugh he, in he, one of the um in one of the Get Off videos. He, you know, there's a weird bit in that where like. He's kicking someone or something, and it zooms in, and it's yeah. him, and, and, and he's he laughing. And laughing and his head off. It's weird. <laughs> it just has the weirdest laugh. Ain't you the motherfucking guy stole my money? It's so good. And then Michael B going off on the drums, obviously, but Michael B just playing all these funky fills and stuff. It is so funny. And the screams, the screams when, when he's beating the crap out of him at the end. It's, <laughs> one oh, it's so good. There's one scream. It's just I've written- <laughs> I swear that's used in another song somewhere. It is, Could but be. you know what it is? They're all stock sounds They're from like a yeah, like a sound effects CD. Like I've seen um, articles where I know music companies send to Paisley Park their new instruments, so hoping that Prince will use it on their songs and then it'll become influential oh. that other artists pick up those instruments and use it in their tracks and all this sort of stuff. And I could just see in the post like there's this – sound effects CD that, that's arrived. It's like six CDs. It's like the new power sample pack, <laughs> like that. They've just got all these random sounds on it, and they've just used all of them, every single one of them, and created skits out of them. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. Could be, yeah. massive lot of, of like sound effects and, like, you know, the, the blowing up the TV and the other segue and, and all that. Like, they're just, like, pieced together, and they've just, like, talked all over the top of it. Yeah. And, like, you know, some of the results are really funny. Others, it's just, you know, filler. But, you know, that's where they've got it. And that's why sometimes you can hear things in this in, like, other tracks or in commercials or whatever, because it's just a stock standard sound. Hmm. And, and it's, it's funny how you said some of it's really funny, some of it's really filler. That comment could, in my opinion, really apply to this album. You know, some of the stuff is really funny. Some of the stuff is kind of silly. And some of the stuff is definitely filler as far as what they're talking about. But in keeping with the P-Funk tribute album, you know, there's there's Parliament and Funkadelic albums. You know, not every song on those albums are great. That's that's you know, true. There's there's yeah. always a couple of songs on just about every George Clinton album. I'm like, oh, I could live without this one. Yeah. So yeah. they're just keeping with the tradition. So, yeah. Oh, we'll make an average sounding track so we sound just like Parliament Funkadelic. <laughs> 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 Otherwise, it wouldn't be true to the to the legacy of, yeah, of Parliament. Yeah, you got to you got to keep it keep it real. Keep it 100. The, the strange thing is just like, you know, count the days. I'm just looking at the, at the next track we're about to talk about and I'm thinking how strange this album is in my opinion because Count the Days is such a contrast from Get Wild and New Power Soul, which we spoke about earlier. And the track we're going to talk about very soon is such is going to be such a stark contrast to the few songs, more than a few songs, almost all of the songs on this album. So again, we're about to take a very radical turn again. At least that, that's the way... Uh, you know, my ears uh, react to it. In this New Power Day story, there's a reference to uh, the girl Janelle getting a bruised booty from stage diving. 
Yeah. And of course, if you remember when Maite tried to stage dive, I think it was the 94 Summer yep. Awards show, and she yep. stage dives. And Europe, Europe just, MTV Awards. That's yeah. the one. And just, you know, bang, straight on her backside. Think so, about this. Bit of a this, reference to that. That was November... 94. This album was recorded like December, January 94, 95. So it was Very straight possible, after that. Yeah. Yeah. She would yeah. have had that bruised booty. <laughs> yep. Janelle. <laughs> so you had this, you know, another comedic segue, another short segue, unless anyone's got anything to track say about seven, it. Track 17 is, is nothing. Just a bit of a but, nothing segue, but, yeah. But, and then with all the hilarity aside, we go into... Track 18, maggot brain, I mean hallucination rain. <laughs> Hallucination. Exactly, it's it's just really, really odd. Uh, close to six minutes worth of strange, weird, trippy, vibey music out of seemingly out of nowhere. I've got a few things to say about this, but let's uh, let's start it off with uh, Toe Jam's thoughts on Hallucination Rain. Uh, it's a pretty cool song. Basically, I see it as an instrumental, really, an atmospheric instrumental. And sort of this deep jungle groove thing, it kind of reminds me of like some of those mid-70s Miles Davis albums. They'd always start with like this big 20 minutes of just raucous noise and stuff. And then it'd always like slide down into this like deep groove kind of thing. And that's kind of what it reminds me of um, with all those wah guitars and just the big deep bass and everything. Like I'm thinking albums like Egg Harter and Pangea, which are pretty cool albums. We've got electric violin basically playing all the way through the song by a David Boda. Who's from um, the LA Philharmonic, yeah. Wow, okay. So, yeah, that, that's really cool. It's something different. Gives it sort of a Mahavishnu orchestra vibe. I think there was a violinist on one of those albums. I forget which one. Yeah, for sure, yeah. I like the way the snare comes in on the chorus um, and it builds and builds really slowly. And it climaxes a bit early, like four, mat- four minutes, and it's, you know, it's going off and Michael B's smashing the cymbals and... I love what the electric piano is doing in that section. Similar to that organ we were talking about in Get Wild. It's just this sort of chromatic going back and forth between these two chords. That's really cool. And just listening to Michael B's drum fills, you know, it's like listening to Sure Sure, um, I Hate You, all those sort of songs, like big, massive golden drum fills. Really cool. I've heard through the grapevine that there's a really long version of this. And I've heard that it's quite spectacular as well. So It definitely um, sounds like a track that there'd be like a you know, 12-minute version of. Yeah. Or 18 um, minutes, who knows? <laughs> so I maybe would have liked to have heard that if I haven't already, sometime in the distant past. Yeah, it's just a really cool instrumental Dorian jam song. And it kind of reminds me of The War, which came out not too long after, though with a different configuration. But, you know, you can imagine the same uh, sort of thing. It's like, uh, let's yeah. just jam on this groove for as long as we can and we'll build up and climax and come back down. And it's just really cool. And talk about the television. Which Sonny yeah. T just mentioned. Yeah, again, the lyrics are kind of... I don't know what's going on with the lyrics in this one. Anyway. It, it's all over the place, isn't it? To, to me, the most spectacular thing about this song is the electric violin. Number it one. It adds so much to this track. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, without that electric violin, it'd still be a cool track, but with it, it really becomes something else. And this has got to be, outside of Prince's you know, experiments with Vanessa May on the 2002 internet-only release, or, or at least MPG Music Club release, Xenophobia, I think it's the only time that an electric violin... I know he's used string sections in the past, but I'm, I'm talking specifically electric violin, mm. having electric violin on a studio track. I can't think of any other example. Uh, I could be wrong. 
But regardless of whether it's the only example or not, it's rare. It's really striking the contrast between what you would normally anticipate being an electric guitar solo and having that electric violin there in its place is just really unique. Because he, he could have yeah. so easily just put a screaming guitar instead. Exactly. And it, and it'd it'd be would have like sounded any other, very similar. Yeah. It'd be like, and I wonder if, although they are very different songs, I wonder if the comparison with not only with the title, but with the kind of eerie minor key type melody, whether he was thinking, oh, I don't want to put a guitar solo on this because it'll be... It'll too, be Maggot Brain. <laughs> yeah, it'll be too similar to Maggot Brain or to, or to Purple Rain. So, yeah, uh, just really, really striking song. Musically, it's great. I mean, the, the violin starts to steal the show until Sonny T and Michael B actually do steal the show by coming together in the final minute and a half and they just explode in this heavy cacophony of explosive sound. Wow, it's it's really incredible. Uh, I'd love to hear an extended version if it exists. So I don't know what to say. This is one of the genuinely amazing songs on this album, in my opinion. Player. Yeah, I agree. Um, to me, this has that laid-back G-funk groove that you find on those early 90s West Coast hip-hop records. I can just like see some guys just in a house smoking a blunt to this <laughs> to this song. Um, it seems similar in sound what you find in the first MPG album a little bit. And yeah, what is eerie is that electric violin, that sound and that climax that it leads up to. I got Vanessa May here as well. I wrote that down as well. But yeah, it's it's kind of like um, mood music. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's cool. It's And like props to him for using something different instead of like a conventional instruments that he can have at hand. He brings in somebody to do something different. It's really good. Mm. It's it's exciting to listen to, you know, a new element in the, in the Prince sound. Captain, are you digging this? I've got a bunch of things to say. But first, the Vanessa May album was called Expectation. As it was oh, released, I said I said xenophobia, didn't I? Well, originally it was called xenophobia, but then he dropped that track and released it as expectation. Yeah, my my now, bad. So he released. Now you said two thousand two. I think it was released at midnight on New Year's Eve two thousand and two, or the first of January two thousand three. So <laughs> you you could argue <laughs> which year it was released. Plus, you can thank me for even hearing that album. Okay. <laughs> is this got something to do with your attendance at the celebration, Captain? No, this is this is the sound check in Japan. Japan, in that's right. October 2002, <laughs> and he'd been putting up like snippets of xenophobia and stuff like that. Here we and go. Then we never Don't release that about track. It. Drop that one and call it expectation. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said to him, "You've got to release the xenophobia album," and he just laughs at me. He's like, "What are you, my manager?" And I'm like, yes, I'm your manager, and I'm telling you to release that album. And then, like, six weeks later, it came out. So, thank you, everyone. <laughs> you heard thank it here you. first, guys. 12, I said that before. 12 years okay, after the event. Wow. Everyone, everyone just starts seeing hallucination rain. <laughs> In your best Larry Graham impression. Yeah. We've, we've probably um, spoken about this before, but I can't remember. Do you reckon when Prince met you in 2010... Do you reckon he's seen you and gone, oh, that's the guy who told me to, that's, that's, that's the manager guy. Yeah, that's my manager <laughs> I'm, guy. I'm never listening to him again. <laughs> I don't know, but he remembered the that quip that he gave you, the manager yeah. line. He remembered that. Oh, yeah. he did. He did because he mentioned that 
Oh, yeah. yes, he did. That's I think right. we talked about that. Mm. Oh. So, yeah, he did remember. There you go. Oh. <laughs> it's a long and interesting history, us two. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Hallucination Ray. Hallucination Ray. <laughs> this song, this is a great epic track. Someone said it seems like the climax comes too early. I think it does, and I'm sure if there's a longer version, it'd just work better with a, a longer build-up because it does seem to get there pretty quick. Um, I want you to cut out what you just said, open the show up with that, and then say something like, welcome back to Captain's Friday Night Sexcapades. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that was the worst out of yeah. context. <laughs> <laughs> this, yeah, it has like this maggot brain vibe to me. But yeah, instead of a guitar, he's got David Border on the electric violin. And it just adds so much to this track. It's just this whole song. It's just a trip. It's got this huge, heavy bass the drums are amazing. It's like Sonny T and Michael B. They are just monsters. They are unbelievable. And I love them. And come back. <laughs> but yeah, I like how this track builds and builds. And by the end, as, as fast as the end comes, it's just blowing your absolute head off. It is insane. And there's a distinct change in the drums. If you listen, it's around 320. They just get harder. Like the cymbal gets a bit harder. And it just It just gets good. And the violin gets weirder and more distorted, and then Sonny's vocals get more distorted, and it's just super P-Funk, this song. It's excellent. And Yeah, I get I, more of a Funkadelic uh, Oh, yeah, 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 Funkadelic, that's what I mean. And I really like that bit when Sonny T's singing something, something, sweet fascination. I really like that bit. It just, it sounds good. <laughs> but this is a really good song. Like, it's, it's up there. It's, it's in the top nine tracks of this album. <laughs> no, I think again, like again, I think this would be another song that, if, like, if you got high on this, you'd be like, "Whoa!" You'd be seeing some crazy stuff. You'd be yeah, going to another galaxy. We just <laughs> need the full, the full unreleased version. I'm sure it exists. We need to hear that, and yeah, we'll have some fun. <laughs> you'd be, you'd be, uh, yeah, you'd be hallucinating. You'd probably be seeing a, a funny, skinny-looking guy. In a in a red uh, face mask, doing ballet in your living room. <laughs> but I like the way this track goes back to one of the second or third segues, where um, uh, I think his brother Jules says, "Oh, wait till Sonny gets some of that hallucination rain. We're gonna fuck him mm. up." Spooky and then soup. a bunch, yeah, spooky soup. A bunch of tracks later, they they put the thing in his drink and off he goes. It's great. <laughs> and it's also earlier, it's remember he's trying to find. Yeah, he's trying to find. He's trying to get the food. He's trying to open the tin, and he can't open it, and so he has to have the hallucination yeah, yeah. rain instead. It's all making sense. Yeah. It's all making sense. Not really. But. <laughs> as much as these these funk concept albums make sense, it makes sense. Yeah. Well, obviously, what comes next is MPG are bound to bum rush the ship, right, guys? Oh, <laughs> uh, this. Now, if this doesn't introduce it first, <laughs> this is the next segue, so to speak. Track 19. Track 19. And it's MPG Bum Rush the Ship. Leave me alone! I'm busy hooking up the world to my latest creation, the Endorphin Machine. The only one of its kind! I don't know, Captain. You'd better come check this I out. have all the best minds in Europe, and soon I will have all the minds of the world! <laughs> now, if this isn't in total keeping with the P-Funk, Parliament Funkadelic theme, you know, being in space, you know, space, what else yeah. does... It's just, oh, it's so good. The Mothership. The Mothership. Yeah. I love this track so much. It's Again, this is in the top three segues for me. It is just so funny. And there's so much in it. We're, we're, we're ranking segues. <laughs> oh, this album deserves it. But you got you got Morris. 
And he's like, I'm getting some strange readings on the vanilloscope. And it's just ridiculous. And the voices they use. Michael B. as the captain, absolutely hilarious. <laughs> and it's just so good. And again, you've got Morris. He's like, Ensign Elm, which for anyone who doesn't know, Tommy Barbarella's surname is Elm. And it's just it's so much in it. It's great. And then when the, the aliens come, they're like, oh, my God, it's them. <laughs> and then they just shoot. What is it? Stay calm and no one will be hurt. Then they start shooting and they're like, what did he say? <laughs> it's so good. Oh, I love it. It is so good. <laughs> the sound of those lasers are so, like, cliche. Like, oh, where have I heard that sound before? The breakdown. It got reinvented lasers. for the breakdown. <laughs> The lasers. When I was in a band around this time, we actually made a parody of this track. It was sort of half this and half Star Trek. It was just absolutely insane, and it's still, it's just as funny as this. It is just mental. But I, I like how it ends. It ends with, you will be moved when the NPG come take a chunk of your ass. It's just, what an end. It's so good. Well, speaking about what an end, let's go to the end of this album, or at least the last studio song. The Exodus has begun. Now, I'm going to let you guys talk about oh, this, but oh. I'll just have to say the first time I heard this song was approximately, what, three, days approximately three days ago. <laughs> Two or three days ago. So with that, I, I don't know that I'm that I'm ready to. Re- I don't know that my review is ripe for picking. No, let's hear this it. I want to hear your reaction means- before I hear ours. Oh well, the thing is, okay. I'll give you my. I actually didn't write. This is the only song that I didn't write any notes for. It's because beyond description. I thought to myself, yeah, I thought to myself, there's no way I'm going to write stuff about this. The other guys will write all the. All the musical references and stuff, and I'm way too I'm way too early on this. I can't really comprehend exactly what too I'm great. hearing. Yeah, I mean, after hearing it the first time, I needed to hear it again. You got to go then, straight back to the start. Yeah, and then after hearing it the second time, I needed to hear it a few more times, and then <laughs> after I heard it a handful of times, I started getting the gist of what I was listening to. And it's not as if it's like an incredibly out there piece of music, but it's just something that I wasn't expecting because I'd never heard it before, obviously. But it kind of is, I guess the best way I describe this track is it's almost like they took the absolute cream of the cream of the best musical aspects of everything else that was in this album, removed 99% of all the stuff that didn't work, took away all of the nonsensical humor and really focused on creating, and there's no other word to use, but epic, epic album closer that goes in so many different directions. It's got that underlying choral background, which I absolutely love. It reminds me, and I'm just looking at the date of this, of the release of this album, uh, it was released in March 1995. So this song presumably was recorded sometime in 1994. It was, oh, yeah, either late 94 or early 95. Yeah, and, and uh, what I'm thinking is the first thing and the most predominant thing that I was thinking when I was listening to this entire song, you guys pr- will probably never guess what I'm about to say next. When I was listening throughout this song, 
Frequently, I was thinking of another artist who in 1995 also released uh, some new music. And I don't know why it just reminded me of this of this particular song by this artist that I'm about to mention constantly. The artist is Michael Jackson, out of all people. And the song that I'm thinking of is Earth Song. What? Now, I don't know if any of you are familiar with that song. Yeah. Yes. I remember it. Okay. Are you talking about build-up in that song? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, the build-up and the choir, the choral part, just the voices and the intensity of just a feel. It just comes across with this weight, this song. And And I found myself constantly, constantly making comparisons to the way I feel when I listen to Michael Jackson and his song, Earth Song. You are right. I never would have guessed in a million years you would have compared this to anything to do with Michael Jackson. It's just I couldn't stop thinking about it. And, I mean, that's where the comparisons end because this this really goes on its own little journey, this track, But and and 10 minutes of it, obviously. But I I don't know that I'll be able to – anything I say is going to do this song justice outside of saying it's one of the things that that is incredible about being a Prince fan, especially in my case, you know, 20 years after the fact of this being released, I hear it for the first time. Time. That speaks. That. that speaks to two things. Number one, it speaks to my inadequacy. <laughs> like, how could I miss that? Number two, it speaks to the volume of work this guy's got. That even a super diehard fan, and I know all the listeners are thinking, yeah, super diehard MC, you don't even know what Exodus is. But, <laughs> but in my mind, I was like, you know, I've listened to all the stuff that's important. I've listened to all the, you know, the cornerstone. I know what the benchmarks are. Well, I yeah, think the Exodus... Yet somehow you missed one of the best albums he ever made. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. But I will say one of the most striking songs that I've heard in recent years. I mean, this is bombastic. It's I don't know how to describe it. You know, I've used the word kaleidoscope often. That's about, that's about the best way I can describe this song. I just don't know where to begin. I don't know where to begin. You've got to, this song needs like, before you can review this song, it needs like a 20-year gestation period. You come back in 20 years, then you'll be ready to yeah, review it's, it. It's really difficult. I mean, there's like horns galore. There's like pe- guitar pedals left, right, and center. There's Michael B and Sonny T going nuts. You know, there's organs and synths and background vocals and the intensity and the emotion of the... And it's just got this really striking chord progression as well. <laughs> I just don't, I don't know what else I can say. It, it, it was a refreshing listen. Uh, it was a surprising listen. And I'm really keen to hear what you guys think about this song since you've had 20 years to think about what you're about to say next. Exactly. So with that, take it away, play it. I love this track. Right from that first bass note that slides right into it, that, mm, you know. And this is a great closer. It bubbles along. It, it has all those hand claps. And then, you know, when it goes into the chorus, it smacks into the, you know, snare drum. And it goes, it keeps bubbling along into that massive climax with all, all the horns and everything. Um, I've got to say, I really love the steels in Prince's music and how their vocals yeah. complement his songs. And I really wish he would utilize them more often because of their, you know, their soul and their gospel stylings. And they're really great here. Very funky proclamation. It's strong and defiant. You know, he sounds very confident here in getting that message across against like Warner Brothers and record companies and all that. You know, we don't cry, we don't die, we just multiply. This is an insanely good way to wrap up this album. It's 
really, really good, this track. Toe Jam. Uh, yeah, I think it's definitely the second best song on the album after Get Wild. I love the intro as well. I love the way it just sort of hangs there for a bit before it all comes in. And you've got this little sound running through the whole song going, whop, 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 whop. That just runs through the whole thing, keeps it all hanging together, which is cool. The horns that's on a, this... That's a, that's a similar sound in Billy Jack Bitch too. That's exactly yeah. what I was thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah, it's very similar to that song. The horns on this album and this song in particular, like MC was saying, there's like there's a part in this song where there's like three horn lines going on at once. Um, it's like, you know, he's recorded one. Oh, hey, Prince, here's a horn line for you. Cool. And then here's another one and here's another one. And we'll, we'll just put them all on together and just see if they work. And that's really cool. I love the kind of preacher deep voice and this sort of call and response thing going on, with, like with as Play was saying, with the hand claps and the snare comes in. The generation after generation reminds me of like a Pepsi commercial in a good way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And I just love the way when the preacher comes in, he's always like, we're all wrong. He's sort of loud at first. And then, you know, polyvinyl acetate, new power soul. That's cool. And I like the whole, you know, he's using this classic religious motif of the, you know, the biblical exodus, which is what, you know, Martin Luther King used that as well as this sort of the symbolism of, you know, it's time for us to stand and be our own people. And so he's using that as, you know, he's leaving the record. He's leaving the big market. He's leaving the the contract and to him it's like it's an it's a moment of like realization and he's and he's now going on to this free world you know what's going to be installed so i love that kind of thing and it's sort of these references to the rapture and the second coming and you know these are the names of the children of the sun and it's all like you know the world's turning and and things are moving forward but it's like a positive way and i reckon this would be the best song to listen to if you like quit your job and you were like pissed off with your boss or something <laughs> yeah this exactly. would be the best yeah. song to listen to on your way home you'd be like yes the exodus has begun <laughs> motherfuckers you know <laughs> Uh, so I love that positivity behind it. I love Michael B's big, massive drum fills before the chorus comes in. Every time it's like, bum, 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 long live the new power. That's just awesome the way those big drum fills yeah. come in. At 405, that's where it really he really starts to let you know he's talking about the record company. You know, oh, they're making millions and millions, which is a little bit over the top. It's like, you know, oh, these people are screwing us over. And Sonny T, the whole bit where he's like, what the fuck is that about? What the fuck is that about? What the fuck is <laughs> It's just like, um, it's kind of hamming it up a bit. And that's the one moment I think, yeah, that's actually pretty funny. Like, yeah, good stuff. Uh, he actually references George Clinton in there at one point. He actually says something about George, like George said or something. Uh, and he Let's also sings, smart. yeah, he sings a little bit of the song Hair, the Larry Graham song Hair. You know, what's that underneath your hair? Which is really cool because we all know it's not long after this he started. And he was playing some Larry Graham stuff at this time. So it's all kind of headed in that direction. There's an awesome lyric around that part where he says, um, you know, bald head son of a motherfucking housefly. That's a cool <laughs> lyric. <laughs> the guitar, there's some, like uh, one of the other songs, there's some crazy guitar going on. Just distorted stuff. Oh, man. Crazy, crazy stuff. There's another weird lyric. You got a joystick stuck up your ass or something. It's like, what? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know. this is like, and I think someone said it earlier. I think it might have been MC, how it kind of has all of the elements from the album and it's kind of all kind of compressed into this particular song. It has a big Vegas ending and it ends very similar to um, the Lotus Flower album, which finishes just with this, you know, it's almost like yeah. they put their instruments down and everything's sort of feeding back Feedback, and there's a little tinkered yeah. thing. And, so yeah, this is definitely a, an epic song. 
And it's it's kind of a shame that like, you know, for me, this song is bookended by the two best songs and everything in the middle is kind of, it's there's some funny bits, there's some good bits, but the, the middle is all a bit wishy-washy. But, you know, these two songs alone make it worth it. Um, so that's my review of The Exodus Has Begun. Yeah, definitely worth the price of the entry ticket. I would love to like experience um, hearing like a song like this for the first time. Yeah, it, it was really... Even now, it's difficult for me to describe it because it's not, it's not like it's beyond anything I've ever heard. Yeah, no, it's it, not. But it is, it is. Uh... But yeah, I'd love to have that experience of like listening to all these songs for the first time just to see how I'd react to it. Do you know what it's like? It's like, it's like you, you get to a stage in your life and you feel like, like as a Prince fan, I thought I heard everything worth hearing. And then out of the blue comes this track, which, because I just always thought to myself, oh, it can't be that great because no one ever raves about it. Like 20 years out of the blue. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you know, like, I don't know, for me anyway, it was never, I can't think of any time where I spoke to a fan and they mentioned this song. I can't think of a single time that I read about it. I can't think of any time you guys mentioning it in all the times that we've done the review. I heard Captain talking about the album, but I can't for the life yeah. of me think of, I can't, you know, so I don't know. It's just, it's a weird experience. Very weird. It's kind of, it's kind of hidden back there. Like, you know, the last song on this sort of mysterious album. Yeah. But it's, a, it's, it's like easy a to... beast of its own. Yeah. That's why it probably doesn't get talked about because it's its own thing. You can't really compare this to anything else. Yeah. Maybe, but I, I just the chord progression just kills me. It's just brilliant, brilliant. Uh, Captain, round this review up for us of this epic album and this I epic will. song. Longest track on the album, over 10 minutes just. Now, this was recorded at, you know, the height of his record label dispute, and we can only assume this song is about the exodus of all artists just running away from record companies because they realise what a joke it is. But this is one of my favourite tracks on this album, and it's in my top 10 Prince songs of all time. Wow. I don't know how many other songs I've said that about. Probably not as many as I think. but Hopefully this only is, nine. This is up there. Yeah, this is up there. It is one of my favourite songs. It starts off with the, that classic beat, Torah Torah, and the, the great distorted voice, a little tease of the horns that are coming. And then it's just 40 seconds in, they are just totally killing it, and you are dead. The first time I heard that, I was just like screaming. I just couldn't believe how good it was. And not many songs do that to me. It was, it's just so good. How can you be going that hard 40 seconds in? It's just insane. I suppose you could start the song there and it'd be even better. But, oh, God, like I said, I know every word in this album. I know every word of this song and it's, I can't repeat them all, but it's just unbelievable. It's absolute killing chorus. You just want to scream your head off every time. Two minutes in, you get that, la, 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 la. And uh, the, the scratching. I like the scratching all through this song. I don't particularly like scratching generally, but it fits so well in this song. It's just a part of it. I think that, that the scratching's mixed very loud, though. It is loud, yeah, yeah. It's really loud in the mix. But it's also on other songs like Return of the Bump Squad and maybe Big Fun. I don't know. There's some, it's some loud scratching. Everywhere that it is, it's loud. I wonder if it's the Dream Factory record from before. <laughs> scratching that Dream Factory record. Sacrilege. Yeah. Two, 2.41, we get an organ solo. Then we have Sunny T. Sunny T on this song. Oh, just because it's nasty don't mean it's bad. It's, ah, oh, I don't even know what to say. All that is good is nasty. 3.20, it just kicks off again. And like Toe Jam said, every time Michael B kicks off that chorus, just smashing the crap out of that snare, oh, it just blows my head off every single time. And I've said this about 
I don't know, maybe two or three other songs in Prince's entire discography, and I need a rest after this song. But I usually don't get it because I go straight back to the start and play it again. But, oh, it's got great verses. And then you kick off at five minutes with just the vocals uh, before the music comes back in. 5.17. Oh, it is so good. Insane guitar solo, 5.38. I think it's a guitar. It could actually be Sonny on the bass with his effects pedal. I'm not sure. Or it could be a mix of both. Who knows? It is just mental. One of the funniest part I love and a few people I know one of their favorite lines in this song and possibly in all Prince land is yes, motherfucker, yes. It is just so good. And it's placement. Like every time he says it, it just fits in there perfectly. It is so good. And I really like the sort of rap 620 to 642. It's a sort of rap. I don't know. And he said, like George said, let's get satisfied. You got the Children of the Sun reference, which was a Maite album, which also came out in 95. There's, there's so much in this. Yeah, the George Clinton, the, yeah, Let's Get Satisfied. That was on the Hey Man, Smell My Finger That's album. It. Yeah. Which also sunny. makes me think, we've been talking about this George Clinton references, the whole thing. You know, Prince started hanging out with George Clinton in a few years before. But this would have been done not long after Hey Man, Smell My Finger. What was that, 93? Yeah. yeah. So we would have been yeah. in, the, in the funk. But that whole 93, 94, 95, it was just total funk. It was insane. And you got Sonny just absolutely just laughing, screaming his head off. It's just filthy. That's what it is. It's absolute filthy funk that will kill you if you're not ready for it. I don't know how you survived MC just after a few days. It takes a long time to be ready for this. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to take me another, well, maybe not 20 <laughs> years, but it's going to take me at least another few 10. listens yeah, to get a better, a better gist of what's going on here. Around 7.15, oh, that's Sonny on the bass. That's with his crazy distorted effects on his bass. 7.15, it's just filth. Horns are just going off. Sonny's going off everything. You know, this is what music should be. This is, the, this is one of his best songs. It's just got everything that I like in one song. And Toe Jam already said, Sonny, with the, what the fuck is that about? That, that is good. That is just good. And just like the, I think the third time when he really shouts that, you get this massive lead line, 841 to 859. And it's just the release you've been waiting for after all that build up. And it's just so good. And 9 minutes 12, I'm so sad it's over because then I've got to go back to start and do it all again. I don't think this has ever been played live. I think he's saying a few lyrics here and there, but he's never... I think he's scared. I think he'd be scared to play this live. But if he ever was going to, it would have had to have been with this band. I don't think he'll ever recreate this. You can't do it. Yeah, I don't think Third Eye Girl would cut this one, would they? No. But if he gets Sonny T, Michael B, it gets, it gets, gets the band back together, oh, if they played this, it would just be the best thing. This is one of my favorite songs, of Prince songs of all time. Cool. It is great. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised. I'm not. I'm not surprised by any of your comments, really. One more thing. Oh, one more thing. I thought you'd love this. Around the eight-minute mark, at the end of like every four-four thing, you just get Prince going, "Oh, oh," and he just does it like about I don't know six, seven times, just at the end of every bar. It's so good. It's just like the funk is just killing him so bad. He's just dying. It's great. <laughs> it is so. This song. <laughs> I swear to Jehovah, this is one of his best songs ever. <laughs> it is. They, it is just they so certainly good. did a lot of swearing to Jehovah in this album. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to know. Oh, someone must have counted how many, like, how many times he says that lovely MF word 
in this album. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot. I mean, just this song. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. What do we do? Toe Jam, what you were saying about Sunny T not being great, how can you listen to The Exodus Has Begun and s- say anything bad about Sunny T's vocals? He is so good on this track. He's it's a good, just- solid, He's a, like, like I said, he's a solid backing vocalist, I, you know, but he's not a lead vocalist. Yeah, he can't take the lead. Yeah. It's but like Hannah. Does, it's, it's no different from Hannah on, on Third Eye Girl. Yeah, he, he handles it. parts but, on Exodus, and I think it is Yeah, excellent. but Hannah, you know, Hannah does some nice parts on Third Eye Girl, but overall, I don't think those guys <laughs> can carry it as a lead vocalist for a sustained length of time. Ten minutes and six seconds. <laughs> I think, I think <laughs> Sonny has a, more of a tone like Larry Graham. It's like a deep baritone kind of tone, and yeah. then when he hits the high notes, like in Cherry Cherry, where he hits, especially the word suicide, when he goes for the vocal there, like, you know, he can't, oh, yeah. can't handle it, you know? Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. you can feel him and you not struggling, but just it's not, yeah, it's it doesn't seem 100% comfortable. Yeah. It's almost, it sort of comes off as Morris Day kind of yeah. strength of, in, in the vocal. I think but we're in the deeper but those parts, two like, guys yeah, are pretty like, similar. Yeah. Yeah. I think there could be a fair bit in common between Sonny T and Morris Day. Just their characters seem like similar. Like jokester, prankster kind of guy. Yeah. And like Prince as well. That's, that's him. Yeah. It's that, yeah, Minneapolis thing. They all grew up together and must be. Yeah. Final thoughts. Well, yeah, that brings us to the end. So with, there's another segue after this, but it's hardly worth mentioning. I think, I think it's better we, we end this review on The Exodus Has Begun. Well, so no, yeah, no, final thoughts. Have to, have to, we, have to say, we have to say that track 21. What, what, Wake uh, up, man. We're late, man. We're late man. for rehearsals. Come uh, on. Man, I, I dream, man. You, you, you were there and the whole band was... Come on, man. man. We're late again, man. man. Come on, now. You get this sort of the harp-sounding thing like it was all a dream. Yeah. Yeah, like and he's woken he, up from and, it. And, yeah. But then he shoots the TV again. He must need another hug. I don't know. I don't know what, <laughs> what happens there. I don't understand that ending. Maybe I'm not meant to. It's like I a thriller. Oh, it's a dream, yeah. But then he wakes up. But then you've got the shooting the TV again. Yeah, it's <laughs> like a thriller. Started. It's like, was it really a dream? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Psych. That's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, f- final thoughts. I mean, I'll leave mine till the very end because I'm the, I'm the youngest listener of this album based on the fact that I heard it three days ago. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, take it away, anyone, really. Uh, Tojem, what, what are your summary? What's your summary of this album? I find this as an album quite frustrating, actually, because there is some really cool moments, and I just feel there's a lot, and, the, you know, a lot of the humor and the segues is really funny, but I have always felt it just goes a little bit too over the top. And, you know, I'm not one to, I'm not, I don't like, oh, you know, we should be swearing music, but I just find sometimes it's just a little bit too much. You know, it's like every, every 20 seconds you're hearing motherfucker. And it's just like, okay. So I find this really frustrating as an album. I love Get Wild. New Power Soul's pretty cool. Count the Days is pretty cool. Big Fun's okay. Uh, Hallucination Rain's cool, and The Exodus Has Begun is an awesome song. So there's like a lot of good stuff on there. There's also there's just I don't know it just, it doesn't it doesn't work as an album for me. I'm always skipping bits, and you know, I skip Cherry Cherry very quickly. I skip half the segues very quickly. I skip Return of the Bump Squad very quickly. Uh, this is a, it's a fr- count the days. You know that's count the days is frustrating because it's such it's, a good it's uneven, song. isn't it? It's uneven, uneven. That, yeah. So you know there's some material on here that deserves better i think like the music of count the days deserves a better song behind it 
I, I can only give, I can't give this more than like a six, six and a half for that reason. Uh, just, I just, cause I find it frustrating to listen to as an album. That said, there is some amazing funk on this album. And as an ode to, you know, the Parliament Funkadelic thing, it's, it's a great little album to do that. Uh, so I will leave it there with, a, I think, a six and a half. And uh, the other frustrating thing about this album is just the lead vocal. I said it earlier. I just find that Sonny T doesn't cut it as a lead vocals, and it, it sounds like someone trying to. It's like you know, there's all this awesome music in there, but you've got this kind of. I don't want to say the word weak, but I'm going to say the word weak lead vocal, and it just kind of pulls everything back. So that's another thing I find a little bit frustrating about. But that's no slight on Sonny. I mean, he's just he's doing what he's employed to do. But that's just the circumstances of the album. All right. Captain, what are your final scores? This album, it's not my it's not my favorite album, but it's up there. But if we're rating tracks, The Exodus Has Begun is 10 out of 10. And I can't think of any other Prince song that I've... Well, I haven't rated a song. So there you go. It's the only song I've rated. <laughs> um, but as an album, the thing I like about this album is it's just this whole overall theme is you know this is the height of the record company dispute and there's references all over this album about it like i don't think anyone said in return of the bump squad nona gay's got an album but no one's going to hear it because she's stuck in a contract and there's just stuff all over this album about you know an exodus has begun that's just everybody's going to run away from record labels because they've realized what a scam it is but this album oh geez i think i'm gonna have to give it seven and a half i want to give it more but you won't. But I won't. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel. I really want to give it more, but I just, I just. You want to give it more, but yeah. I mean, I, 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 uh, I recently had a look at it, all the songs and segues we reviewed, and when you take the segues out, and then a couple of the lesser songs, you've got four or five pretty good tracks there. But it's four or five tracks is not enough for a classic album, you know. It's just not there. So, thing is, they recorded a whole bunch of songs for this album, which didn't get on there, which is, you know, usually always the case. Now, this could have been a double album. Imagine if it was. It would just be, then that would be a true, you know, ode to the funk. You know, this massive, sprawling, double, even triple album just full of songs. Oh, imagine how good it would have been. Imagine. Well, one other thing I forgot to say. In the segue, just before The Exodus Has Begun, when Michael B is the captain, and he's like, oh, I'm busy hooking up the world to my latest creation, the endorphin machine. <laughs> it's a reference to endorphin machine, in case you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't pick that up. I'm going to have to listen to that again. Oh, uh, it's, it's just the way the, they're such good voice actors. That's, that's the thing I love about all these segues, especially Prince. Like Mashed Potato Girl is absolute classic. But Michael B, Sonny T, even Morris, they're just, just their voices are hilarious. Just not even related to songs. Just their voices are so good. That's why I love this band so much. And it's 1995. It's 1995, so you can't go wrong. <laughs> she just um, another thing there what was cool about this era because there were so many projects going on all of the albums that came out all kind of self-referenced each other as well in different yep. different parts that's really cool because yeah there's, there's reference to George Clinton there's references to, to Children of the Sun by Maite and Endorphin Machine and it's, just, oh, it's, yeah. it's, all, it's all linked hmm. okay well with that we hand it over to Player to give uh, give us his final conclusion to this album Okay, I what I like about this album most of all is like its overall sound. It's very like funk driven, funk based, and it's not watered down like some of the other Prince stuff that's come out since. 
after Gold Experience came out, but before Crystal Ball, you know, the songs that didn't make it into Gold Experience that ended up on Crystal Ball, like Acknowledge Me and Interactive and... Hide the Bone, Days of... Yeah, everything of that sort of era, I was I was thinking, like, why didn't this end up on, like, Exodus? Because, you know, when you look at Exodus, it's, like, got a lot of segues and it's like, you know, this is all filler that could have been, you know... Acknowledge Me. Yeah, like, it, it's not like he didn't have the songs there to put, to put on it like they were there and the only thing I can think of is maybe he wanted to keep it for himself because you know everything on here it's like a disguised voice maybe he wanted it with his own vocal on it I don't know but you know the material was there to use and like it could have been like a really strong album even if they whack superhero on here which is credited to MPG and it's got the steel singing it like mm. I would have liked that on here yeah. as a it whole could have easily been a double yeah as a whole like yeah it's it's uneven because of the segues even the segues are really funny there's just too many of them and it's too much filler but overall it's the vibe and the sound that i like of it it's really heavy sound and you know it's unapologetic funk and i really really like that but yeah it's just there's some cuts that of the era that could have made it onto here that would have really liked to have seen that but yeah i mean apart from that i'd say yeah seven or eight really good it's really like it's a really good album to me this album is really the last of that era which has that absolute organic sound, live sounding yeah. thing. Gold Experience had it, but then it got overproduced. This, he hasn't played around with it that much. It seems like he recorded it like January, February. It was out in March. You know, it was so instant and it was such a comment on, you know, where he was with the record label and everything. And he just got it out so fast. The Gold Experience had been sitting there for a year and he played, he probably played with it every day, adding stuff. And this, yeah, this is the last. This, this is the end. This is an end of an era, this album. It was the start and the end because there's nothing like this album anywhere. Tell me any other album in Prince's history which is remotely like this, even though technically it's an MPG album. Well, that's that. I was going to say, make a comment about you know the NPG albums. Captain, and I was saying before the show, it's almost like you know these projects, similar to the idea of the time that he had and all the other, you know, they're almost like little outlets. It, it's an for outlet this. for the black funk. Yeah, or, or not even necessarily the black funk, but just like you know other stuff that maybe he doesn't feel is quite there for his albums. There might, there's always like one or two tracks you think, yeah, that could go on a Prince album and would be you know up to par. But like on this song, I think there's only maybe two songs that I would put in, in the class of, you know, worthy on a Prince album. And I think a lot of them are like that. There's less really strong material. And it's almost like just a little outlet to get that other stuff out there, which is cool as well. Because it's always good to hear, you know, some more experimental different stuff that maybe is, doesn't quite make it, but it's, it still has its own thing. The interesting thing, though, with the three MPG albums, like the first one was sort of really like hip hoppy, jazzy, hip hop, rappy, gangster, yeah. Yeah, this has sort of got a bit of the gangster, but it's just total funk. And then the third album was sort of, I don't know what that was. <laughs> what was that? That was like just sort of chanting and... But to be like, honest, as a listenable album, I think New Power Soul is more listenable than this. I can listen to New Power Soul like in the car more than I can listen to this. I agree, by, by far as well. By really? Yeah. yeah. Way more listenable. Wow. Out of the three MPG albums, this is by a mile my favorite. By a mile. And we don't even use miles in this country. By three kilometers, whatever you want to say. It is just way better. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I don't know. I don't, want to, I don't want to do another Batman review on this. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, you, I, I mean, you're, kind of, you, you're not even worthy for a comment on this album. That's a... <laughs> 
I'm not I'm not ready to, to rate it. I'm definitely not going to rate it. But, you know, you take off the segues, you get nine songs, right? Oh, this is starting to sound like Batman all over again. <laughs> out of those out of those nine songs <laughs> One's an instrumental. <laughs> out of the well, out of those nine songs, I'm looking at the list. One, two, three, four, arguably five I'm not crazy about and really wouldn't mind if I never listened to it again. So that leaves four tracks. Out of those <laughs> There's your four out of ten. <laughs> there's the four out of ten or four out of nine. Now, one of those four is an instrumental that I kind of like because it's got a cool groove. I'm talking about New Power Soul. So really the crux of this album is the open, I Get Wild, and the last two songs, Hallucination Rain and the unbelievably epic, majestic, The Exodus Has Begun. So, you know, those are the standouts for me without a doubt. They rise head and shoulders above the rest. I personally think that they, all three songs... All three songs that I just mentioned, Get Wild, Hallucination, Rain, and The Exodus Has Begun, could have fit on the gold experience. I know that might be slightly controversial, but, <laughs> you know, because that album has or already has so much brilliant material. Back to the album, I, I, I don't know. I mean, there's three or four songs on here that I think are, are really strong, great Prince tracks, even though it's the MPG, you know, really, I think of them as Prince songs by and large. And, yeah, I mean... What else can I say? I'm not going to rate the album, but I'm happy I heard it. I'm unhappy it took me 20 years to hear The Exodus Has Begun, and I'm just going to keep listening to it. What else can I say? I don't know. MC, what is your, just say, top three favorite album, Prince albums? Wow. Off the top of the, off the cuff again. You got me now. Uh, today, Sign of the Times, Gold Experience, and Artificial Age. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we all just laugh like that's even possible. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Sign of the Times, Parade, and Gold Experience. This week. Okay. Ask me next week, okay. it'll be a different list. What was your first album? Ooh, I think it might have been Rave. That was the first Prince album you heard? From memory, no, I'm pretty sure. I did hear the Emancipation. hits. Yeah, well, you, you, I thought the hits was your first, which means then... It doesn't count as an album, though. Yeah, that's yeah, the thing. But, I but did, I did can, hear. But that was '92, which means what was the next album? Yeah, but Simple. I didn't see. I wasn't. No. I wasn't like you guys. I was like a, a, a mid to late '90s Prince fan converted. I didn't hear any of the stuff that came out. Oh, anyway, my whole point yeah. is, I think this album. It's one of those ones you had to be there. Possibly. Yeah. Because like Toe Jam loves Rave, the album. That was his first album, so it's mm. got a special place. Hmm. Exodus is my, I don't know, maybe the fourth album that I was there when it came out. And it was like the, the height of my insane Prince fandom. So, of course, it's the best album ever. Yeah, yeah. I, so I just, that's got obviously, something to I don't do feel with like it. that. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I think you had to be there. Listening to it, coming in, coming in 20 years later. You know, it's like us reviewing, like, you know, Jimi Hendrix experience and going, oh, well, yeah, we think this and we think that. But you go and get someone to review it who was there when they bought it when it came out. Totally different if they're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Totally no, I different. Get you. No, no, you're right. You're completely right. Because I got this there. when it came out and I got all the singles. I've still got all the CD singles and the maxi singles. I've got all the videos. I've got it all. And it's all good. <laughs> I mean, to me, like I said, I, I've uh, waxed long enough about making a new, another version of the gold experience. You love the gold experience so much. And this is so 
related to that album. Yeah, compliments yeah, it for sure. So you know, I've made I've made my own uh, variations of the Gold Experience uh, over the years, but I've never included any of these tracks because you, I you didn't even know. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really even have them. Like I said, I heard "Get Wild" as a single, and and I don't know how, but I had heard um, "New Power Soul." I'm pretty sure I heard the the Good Life, but yeah, hallucination, rain, and the Exodus. You could make a huge version of Gold and include like "Hide the Bone" and "Acknowledge Me" and "Days Are Wild," which are all meant to be on there. It's like a boys' album kind of thing. Pretty much, yeah. They're sort of that's the thing. That's why I don't really take this. I don't think I don't take this too seriously, and and you don't have to. You know, this is just a fun. Is a fun record with uh, some hits and misses and some and, and an epic final track, but. Masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. <laughs> well, track 20 anyway. It is what it is, yeah. So anyway, it took me 20 years to, to hear the whole thing. I'm happy I did. You've and, got a lot more uh, listening to come. Definitely, definitely. So uh, I can't wait to, to hear my favorite tracks all over again uh, over the coming weeks. Uh, it's kind of cool to discover something like this. I'm in a really unique position. I realize you guys aren't, but... Um, for me, this is like rediscovering new, mu- well, discovering, not rediscovering, discovering new music. So from an era that anyone will tell you and Captain will insist on is possibly the greatest uh, oh. Prince band of all time. By 93 to 96 MPG. <laughs> so there you go. And with that, Exodus, the Exodus of Peach and Black has begun. Uh, is that it? What about shout outs? We got shout outs for anyone? Yeah, we got shout outs. Well, let's go. Uh, Nightchild. Thank you for your love on YouTube. Well, he was the YouTube guy who said how great we were. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> also to Perry Ross and the Purple Underground. Check those guys out. They do some good stuff. What about uh, Anton B oh, Anton uh, on B. Prince Orb? He yeah, gave us a nice little shout out. Yeah, Thank you. Anton. Oh, what about this documentary? There's a documentary coming on BBC. Oh, this weekend. Hunting for Prince's Vault. By the time this show is out, that show should be out. By Mo Bean. Mobin Azar, go find BBC and find Hunting for Prince's Vault. It's got interviews with Susan Rogers, Michael B, Sunny T, uh, I think Alan Leeds, a whole bunch of people. So go and see that. That should be good. I don't know why we're not in it, but <laughs> go and talk to Mobin. That's not our problem anymore. The Peach and Black Vault. <laughs> uh, if you're in Sydney in May, check out the Purple Doves. Tribute band. They're playing the Camelot Lounge in Marrickville on May 15th. Be there. May 15th, that's the one. And I'm going to put a plug in for my band, Cheap Fakes. Yeah. Uh, which are currently on a small tour. World this tour. New single. World tour. Small tour. Small single tour. You got a new uh, album coming out, right? Yeah, well, the album should be out June, July. The single's out this weekend. You got a title um, for the album yet? Modern Vintage. Oh. Uh, so yeah, we're doing do, a few do shows. Like, do you spell it like modern and then vint and then age, like artificial age? Ooh, maybe vintage. we could do that and get a tie-in. Yeah. Yeah. Increase our hits. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we'll be playing at the Moonshine Bar in Sydney on the 28th of March. And yeah. then on the 10th of April at Soul Bar in Maroochydore. And then the 17th, the 17th of April at Sound Lounge on the Gold Coast. So that should be fun. And then we'll be doing an, an album tour in June, July for that. So that would be good fun. Cool. Oh, you know what? We could thank all the people who are listening right now, who are still listening after years and years and years of us babbling away in your speakers. How about that? <laughs> 
And what about one for for Tora Tora? Oh yeah. <laughs> what is it? Uh, we know his name ain't motherfucking Prince. <laughs> <laughs> this is dedicated to the memory of his royal badness. Rest in peace, motherfucker. <laughs> I love that end. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>